Rancho Obi-Wan is home to the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection, as recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. Become a member of Rancho Obi-Wan right now to get exclusive access to tours of Rancho Obi-Wan hosted by Steve Sansweet, invites to special events, and more. Plus, you can also make a difference and help Rancho Obi-Wan grow with a simple donation of $1 or higher. Visit RanchoObiWan.org now to get the latest news, become a member, or make a donation. RanchoObiWan.org. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. And joining us, you are here on Rebel Force Radio, or should I call it Rancho Force Radio tonight, as we are thrilled to be joined by the whole team at Rancho Obi-Wan right now, live in Petaluma, California, and we have a jam-packed podcast-a-thon tonight, lots of guests dropping in throughout the evening to talk about Rancho Obi-Wan and, of course, Star Wars. So glad to be with you. Thank you for those of you joining us live. It's been a while since we've done one of these live shows. It feels great to be uh, back doing that. Big thanks to Mixler for uh, making that happen for us. But let's get right to it. We've got him. He's there. Is he? St- I don't know. Maybe he's playing the uh, video games. I don't know if he's in the ping pong room or the what's going on there. But we've got him all the way in Pataluma. My good friend and yours from Chicago, now in California, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yes, so happy to be here. I'm in a place where all Star Wars fans need to be. You are unfulfilled in life as a fan unless you visit Rancho Obi-Wan, home to the world's largest Star Wars collection, and home to our very good friends, Steve Sansweet and Ann Newman. So I think without further ado, we should bring on the man of the moment... Mr. Stephen J. Sansweet. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Jason. Wish you could be here, but good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. I wish I could be there also, but uh, I'm going to just kind of hold things down here at the Palatial Rebel Force Radio Studios. Oh, Palatial, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We say that. You know, it's the theater of the mind. We want people to assume... Yeah, yeah. Dave Filoni outed us with his uh, drawing of us surrounding you know, a cardboard box with a few wires sticking out of it. It's not too far from the truth, but you know, in in the minds of our listeners, it's uh, state of the art stuff. Well, state you know, of the art stuff. You know, you know what? I was thinking of something. You know, Jimmy Mack is so well known because he's got a nickname. Ah, and you so figured out my gimmick. I think. That we need nicknames. your whole life's a gimmick. No, no, no. Life, life is a gimmick, and so I've come up with one for you. Okay, J Zone. Oh, we're J Zone. Oh, it's sort of like hip hop, man. You yeah, know, that is J Zone. J Zone. J Zone and Jimmy. We can even put you in first place. Well, you are yeah. in the J Zone. <laughs> You're in the J Zone. I like it. I like. Yeah. If I ever go, if I ever go solo, okay. I think that's gonna. That's where I'm gonna be. 
That's what there's there's only you know what? I think there's only room for one nicknamed person on the show. Although I'm glad that you didn't go with Swanky because that no, was my high school years. No, no, that no. was high school. Well, you know what, man? I mean, it's really amazing to be here, Jason. You've been here before. I have. I have. I. By the way, I said ping pong. I meant pinball. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. unless there is a ping pong room. Uh, no, actually, wild. We, no, we used to have a foosball table, a Star Wars foosball table, but that's we put that away. For, you know, ping uh, pong is becoming more and more popular. I think Susan Sarandon is opening like ping pong clubs in various cities around the country. It's but, true. But no, tell Rancho, that to ping pong club. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, that arcade is my favorite place in the world. It, it's just every great Star Wars video game and pinball machine and pick pachinko machine it's all there so uh you have to come out and visit rancho obi-wan and that's what we're here for tonight which we want to raise awareness because we need to make sure and ensure that this incredible place this destination for all star wars fans will be preserved and live on forever and grow that's the most important thing the museum needs to grow and there's a lot of great things that are planned for the future but we need help and there are many ways you can help my favorite way is becoming a member of Rancho Obi-Wan, and that gives you access to amazing tours hosted by Steve Sansweet. And I'm so, so excited to be going on one with you tomorrow because the stories are always Wait different. a second. Have you paid up for it yet? Hey, I'm, I'll cough it up. I'll cough up. What I, listen, whatever you need. As a matter of fact, to get things going here tonight, uh, we have set up um, a way to raise funds for the museum. And Ann Newman, the museum manager, will come on with us here in just a minute to explain how it all works. But just to kick things off, I would like to officially make a donation of $100 on behalf of Rebel Force Radio and our listeners who uh, do so much to support everything we do on Rebel Force Radio. We want to extend that to Rancho Obi-Wan. So $100 on the board. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it while I'm podcasting. Just so. take the. I saw a couple of thousand dollars in your pocket. So um, yeah, well, that was all counterfeit, though. That's all. It's <laughs> okay, all fake. Okay. It's all fake, and I really appreciate you it, bringing that up. As well, thousands of people are. <laughs> if, you look, if you look closely, Grand Moff Tarkin is on this in the middle. Of I it, noticed. So. I noticed. But thank yeah. you, Jimmy. I really appreciate. Absolutely, that. absolutely. Great. And I want to do what I can before the feds show up at the gate. <laughs> but um, I like to think that Jimmy just handed Steve one of those giant checks. Like the publisher's clearinghouse? Yes, as absolutely. You, as you've as you said before, theater of the mind and uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Flash bulbs going off. Yep. But see, that would be giving Steve a new collectible for the museum because he would never be able to get rid of it. <laughs> Guess what? I'd cash it. <laughs> Do you have any Star Wars checks, any anything like that, or, or, I or have, fake bills? I have the very first payroll stub from Ooh. Lucasfilm from ninety six, yeah. I, from- I cashed the check, mm-hmm. even though those dirty birds put Yoda on all the checks for a while. They did. Yeah, it was really difficult. I, t- I took a photocopy of it, <laughs> but um, but I did cash the check. And, and then, yeah, it was before, you know, bank transfers. But I do have – I just came across it again, my original pay stub for that, for that first week. We've got to frame it. No, it's too embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Minimum wage. Yo, he was paying them. Actually, it was a negative number. It's not as cool as as actually having a check from Lucasfilm. But my very first checking account, I you know in the in the Sunday paper where you get the you can order the checks, the books of checks. My very first checking account was 
with Star Wars checks. Wow. Do you have any Star Wars checks, like things that banks issue or credit cards, stuff like that? God, you guys make me feel old. I'm thinking it's just the other day that they instituted Star Wars checks. And Star Wars (laughs) checks are back again for the first time in several years because the licensee um, stopped doing checks, and now there are two different uh, places to get Star Wars checks. Disney does a lot of checks, too. So Star Wars checks are back. And, yes, I've uh, I've got Star Wars checks. I've got... I've got dozens of different credit card prototypes from Japan cool. and credit cards from the US and so there's yeah there's a lot of a lot of um money related items and then of course there are the people who do put grandma Tarkin on a $1 bill and, so, yeah. <laughs> and no really Tarkin. really oh yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't. He wouldn't be my first pick. Well, actually. I mean, they're. Uh, who, they're who's, what Star Wars character is most likely to end up on a dollar bill? Kitster. Uh, no. You know what though? I get there is a Kitster joke, Jimmy. I've been wanting to tell you this. Uh oh. In one of the episodes of Droid Tales. Oh, is there? There is a Kitster joke. Padme and Anakin are trying to figure out what to name the babies, and they're running through possible names. And he says, "Kitster." He does. Yeah. You know, Jason's been recently watching the Lego Droid Tales with his kids. His kids, by the way, Steve, I don't know if you realize this, but Jason's kids in the last half year have gone Mm. Star Wars crazy. Insane. Insane. And it's perfect. He's in a perfect situation right now um, because we all worry about that. Oh, well, good. Well, we got to get get him out here someday. When when my children were born, the, the, the doctors are like, Two eyes, ten fingers, ten toes. I said, well, you know what? None of that means a hill of beans to me if they're not Star Wars fans, Doc. So, uh, But there's no way to really genetically test for that. No, kind of but I do think that Star Wars gene now has been passed down uh, for at least three generations oh, and, uh, and, and going strong. And counting. And going stronger than ever right now. So Jason's watching Droid Tales. And Michael Price, who is... Uh, one of the executive producers on The Simpsons, he is one of the writers of the Droid Tales episodes and all the Lego Star Wars specials. And uh, he's a listener of Rebel Force Radio. So maybe he, he caught on to our stupid little Where's Kitster meme. Anyway, maybe that was uh, thrown in just for our amusement. Maybe it was I just thought, for us. Well, I've got any... the milk carton on the shelf. So that's right. That's yeah, the Where's part Kidster? Of Rancho Obi-Wan, Where's Kidster? <laughs> See, right there, right there. I mean, people should be getting memberships right now based on that fact alone. You could come visit one of the few rare Where's Kidster milk cartons that are in existence. Yeah. So, Steve, one of the things that I know is is can be problematic for nonprofits uh, – is that there's a lot of assumptions that people make. I know I work in the theater business, and they say, well, you don't need to raise money. You, you sell all those tickets to those big shows. But in our case, uh, in the theater business, we only keep about 10 cents for every dollar of tickets sold. So there are probably people out there that say, well, what does Steve need to raise money for? He does all these tours. Uh, but it's pr- I'm sure that the tours only cover just a fraction of your expenses. Well, the tours and the events and everything else, yeah, it's very expensive to run a nonprofit. And thankfully, there are nonprofit laws, and the government does give you some tax breaks and uh, uh, allows people who donate to get tax breaks. But as as you said, um, you know, it's shocking to hear that figure, but I know it's true that, you know, you get back 10 cents on the ticket to help, you know, as, as profit and everything else has gone into, you know, your invested costs and everything else. And sometimes you, you don't even realize until you add it all up, um, you know, where the money is going to. And we have somebody here that we should talk to. 
about, you know, what this is all about and why a nonprofit needs to raise money. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is the manager, the museum manager. What is your and exact vice, title? Vice president. Vice president of Rancho oh, Obi Wan. And general manager. Actually, she is the fuel in the tank. She absolutely is. She is the high octane. She is the fuel. She is the rocket fuel that makes Rancho Obi Wan what it is. Oops, I'm sorry. You know what? I don't know if. Oh, here we are. Here we are. We have you on. That mic. How about that? How about that? Hey. Wonderful. Welcome to hey, the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show. And ladies and gentlemen, Ann Newman. Ann Newman. Hi, guys. Who How deserves, are you? Who really deserves a lot of credit is being one of the original fangirls of all time, in my opinion. Thank you. You know, right now, it's really popular for um, girls to, to say it loud and say it proud. And, and we're, we are proud of them for doing that. But you've been doing it for decades now. And I don't think you deserve the recognition you should get as being someone who's a, a total trendsetter and, and someone who was never... What, you, Steve? You mean she deserves the recognition that she doesn't get? You what did I say? You don't deserve the recognition. Oh, you don't deserve the recognition. Insulted. Re- no. Insulted you already. You know, you don't deserve nothing. <laughs> Look. But Jimmy, I said, I said he's that. absolutely right. I, and I got to tell you, aside from you know my cousins, you were like the first like real chick Star Wars fan. And I say that with total uh love and admiration no, that, I, I, that I was ever really aware of. You would look in issues of Star Wars Insider Magazine and there would be like updates from the Rose Parade and of course there's Ann Newman working on one of the floats. You would always associate Star Wars celebrations in the autograph hall with Ann Newman running around there wanting to bite someone's head off or just... <laughs> but you, you were always just so much fun and intense and 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 passionate about Star Wars and Thank you've you. been there for years. So yes. I just... You do deserve the recognition. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I said don't. I think I was just stuttering because I'm a stuttering, you know what. <laughs> well, thank you for that. But So, Ann, give us Appreciate the deets. It. Give us the lowdown on how people can get involved and help preserve the world's most amazing collection of Star Wars memorabilia. Well, the first thing you can do is go to RanchoObiWan.org and click the donate button. And it will take you to our fundraiser page. And there you can also track our progress tonight. We have a little thermometer there that can tell you how great we're doing. Because everybody, I hope, will be donating. Even a dollar would make a whole difference. And uh, half of the money we've raised so far is from people donating a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. It all adds up and it all helps us. So anything you can give would be great. RanchoObiWan.org. And not just tonight, but... When we release this as a podcast, and if you're listening to it on the podcast, you can always go there, RanchoObiWan.org, and make a difference. Become a member, first and foremost, and come to Rancho Obi-Wan. Absolutely. That's what you, you have to do that. That's, mm-hmm. that's the pilgrimage all Star Wars fans need to make. You need to come out here and see this incredible collection. Yes, well, we, we would love to welcome everybody to well, our home. Well, we've got this huge collection. Why do we need to raise money as a nonprofit? Well, as many people know, if you run your own business or have worked for a nonprofit, there are expenses involved. A lot of people are unaware how just mind-boggling that the day-to-day expenses add up. And um, people don't realize that we have to have an administrative staff. We have to pay a bookkeeper. Uh, There's a lot of insurance. Workers' comp, collection insurance shipping insurance and just the dusting alone 
How do you Swiffers. keep the dust? How do you keep well, we, the dust out? We we keep Swiffer in business. Yeah. <laughs> we do. And in fact, they send us a gift box for. Yes, we got a that. big green no box. Kidding. We are very we're, appreciative. We're all through with that though. Yes. Like, oh, we, we use need those one, all a, up. one a one a month would do us. I think. <laughs> and we also have sponsors like uh, your sponsor, Little Debbie, which heard about us through mm-hmm. Rebel Force Radio, which best. is great, and they are just the the nicest, best people to work with. Absolutely. And they've got delicious snack foods too. They do. So, little uh, little Debbie's been a great supporter of ours. Um other things that that go on when you own your own business besides uh taxes and all that good stuff. Um software. We, we have a lot of software that we have to use to run the business and and bring inspiration uh online to everybody. Um building maintenance uh, we sprung a leak. We sprung a leak, Steve. We sprung a leak in the roof on the main building. It's 18 years old, and we've had one look at it, and someone who has worked in the roofing business is afraid we may need a, a new roof fairly soon. Mm. So it's 18 years yeah. old, and uh, I'm yep. a little nervous about that, but at least we have to get that fixed. Um, luckily, we're at the end of the rainy season, but uh, yeah. Yep. And then we do a lot for others yes. too. That's one of our missions. Well, you know, yesterday there was a, a school group that came through here and uh so you're educating uh young kids about Star Wars. Yeah, and we we've, we've actually got one of our coordinators here today that you'll hear from in a little bit. Uh Julie Carter, who is a field trip coordinator for Pathways Charter School. And uh yeah, yesterday we had a group from a local elementary school about uh, 18 young uh, girls and boys who came through and were very excited to see what we had here. And uh, I hope they came away with some inspiration with what they can do with their lives. And we always talk about this all started with one man, George Lucas. Yes. And he had an idea and, and he kept getting told no, right? No, no. And he persevered because he had a vision and he had the creativity, and he went through four drafts of scripts. Yes. And he got turned down by two large movie companies, and somebody decided that they were going to take a risk on George. And they did, and that's how Star Wars started. Yes. And so I think that is inspirational to a lot of the kids that we bring here on tours. Mm -hmm. And never give up. If you've got something that you really want to do and people are telling you no, um, if you think that you can do it and you can accomplish it, you should try your very best. As Yoda said, do or do not. (laughs) There is no try, which is my my favorite line from Star Wars. But it's true, and that's what we try to tell the kids, certainly at the beginning of the tours, before they get all excited with all the entertainment stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, at the end of the tour, remember, it's all about your own creativity and what you can do. It's not just getting into the film business. It's getting inspired by Star Wars and becoming an astronaut and taking Luke Skywalker's lightsaber up in space, which wow. has happened. Um, becoming becoming poets, becoming advertising mm-hmm. people, working on radio, uh, working working with with musical theater, mm-hmm. where anything creative that somebody's going to say, "Oh, well, no, you, that's probably too difficult." Well, you shouldn't try. 
I mean, so many people have been told no in their lives. They have to find it in themselves to be able to say yes. And that's something that I really, one of the many things that I admire George Lucas about. And when you mentioned George and the fact that he kept being denied the opportunity to to reach his dream and make Star Wars happen, he uh, finally came across Alan Ladd Jr. at 20th Century Fox and Mr. Ladd, gave him the green light and gave him the funds to make Star Wars possible. Looking back at your career and and your lifetime with Star Wars collecting, who's been the Alan Ladd Jr. for you? Wow, that's a fascinating question. Um, you know, I guess making that big leap from, you know, starting to collect, I started to collect Japanese space toys and things like that. And there was this opportunity in the mid-'80s. You know, there was nothing Star Wars in the stores between 1986 and 1994, almost nothing to buy. That's right. And around the late 1980s, I mean, I I don't like to take advantage of other people's uh, problems, but there there were three major collectors in the U.S. who had amazing Star Wars collecting collections and within like a year they were all getting divorced (laughs) and they all had to value and sell their collections in order to split the estate and it was that me buying large chunks of those collections that people had built and things that i didn't know about from the beginning Mm -hmm. and it was also the chance to buy some Star Wars props that were for sale by Gary Kurtz, who was the producer of Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. And I heard about that through a friend, and I went over to the place where these Gary was in London, and I saw all these amazing models in the acrylic cases that ILM had made, and some of them were used actually in the films. Some of them were built afterwards that, you know, Gary had commissioned them as gifts and things, but they were built all by ILM. And, um, and, and I thought, you know, and I got sort of the general idea of prices and things like that. And I said, let, let me think about this overnight. And I didn't sleep. And I, I, it, it was one of those life-changing experiences. I knew that if I didn't make an offer for the entire collection, I would regret that for the rest of my life. Yeah, we've all walked away from things that we wish we we pulled the trigger on and we didn't. And so that was my first second mortgage on the house. (laughs) My first second mortgage. (laughs) My first second mortgage. So when I called back the next day and, and my, my friend answered, he was related. He, he had worked at Lucasfilm and he said, well, did you decide, are you going to buy one? And I said, no, I'm going to buy them all. I think we are still kicking around some of those boxes. I think we are. And you thought they were empty, and I opened them up, and wow! Oh, yeah, we found a uh, we found the Tie Fighter and, and an a, X-wing an fighter. X-wing fighter. What screen used? Uh, they were built by ILM, so they were Whoa. built for for the movies. And yeah, we still are, are they on display now. One of them is in Dallas 
at the Perot Museum. Yes, we have a display right now at Dallas in um, the Perot Museum of Nature and Science uh, that just opened um, a few weeks ago and runs through... Uh, Labor Day, and it's the whole display, the whole exhibit. It's their first in-house exhibit. It's a magnificent museum, and it's called Eye of the Collector, and they've taken about nine, ten collectors, and they've done cases with um, with their collections, and it's, it's just an amazing exhibit, and then a, a short film about why people collect and what they see and and what attracts people. And I highly recommend if you're in the Dallas area that you go and you see this because it does tell you something about collecting. You do get an idea of why people collect such different kinds of and things. And it was also about why museums collect. And Yeah. And it was very important message, I thought, because museums preserve history and culture and are very important in general for the population. And Rancho Obi-Wan is one of those museums that preserves uh, the Star Wars history in licensing and pop culture, art. And this is really the only place in the world where you can see that. You can't see that at Lucasfilm or Disney or any other place. I mean, we've got... We're the Guinness World Record largest stuff. I mean, that means nothing if you don't show your stuff and 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 make it available to the public. And and I always say and and give Anne all the credit. Anne and Consetta Parker, who's our marketing PR person. Um, if it if it wasn't for them, there wouldn't be a Rancho Obi Wan because they convinced me that the only way that we could expand this and show the collection off was to become a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And that's right. And so, so please donate at <laughs> RanchoObiWan.org. So this is, this is actually, we are, we are going to be celebrating our fifth anniversary this November. Wow. Five years already. As a nonprofit. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, you know, anyone listening to this uh, live stream, please uh, pass the word around, pass the link around, get people to go to RanchoObiWan.org, get them to tune in and listen right now to Rancho Show Force Radio, and uh, we're here in uh, Petaluma, California. Steve Sansweet and Newman, we're hanging out at Rancho Obi Wan. Jason Swank back in the palatial Rebel Force Radio studios, and uh, I believe we are going to be bringing on a friend, an old friend, a guy uh, well known to listeners of Radio One One Three Eight and the Star Wars Collectors Cast, as well as the the mastermind behind JediNews.co.uk. James Burns. Is James Burns standing by, Jason? I believe he is. Let's Hello, James. Hello. There he Good is. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Where well, are you, in England? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's about half past two in the morning here in the UK. Yeah, you guys, uh, you're always so kind when we need you to be on one of these uh, Yankee shows over here where you can uh, stay up late with us. In some cases, yeah, I know, like like our buddy Paul Bateman, he doesn't even go to bed. Yeah, well, I went to bed. I cheated a bit. Oh, you did. You went to bed early, and so you're, this is yeah. this is this truly is morning for you. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Well, James, you are certainly no stranger to Rancho Obi Wan. Have you clocked how many times you have been to Rancho? I haven't. 
I haven't. Steve, I don't know whether Steve knows, but it's, yeah, it's too many times. In, well, no, no, there's never, there's never too many times. In, in spirit, uh, uh, constantly, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is true. It seems like you come out here about three times a year, James. So what is it that keeps bringing you back? It's the magic. It's the people. I mean, you know, I was, I, w- I was with Gus Lopez earlier today who was in London, and without Steve this community would be such poor, you know, so much poorer. Steve has given so much to the, to the whole Star Wars community. Um, even before he worked at Lucasfilm and everything that he's done since, um, and during his time and the books that he's written and the amount of time that he puts into fandom is incredible. So it's, it's Steve and it's Anne and it's the people and it's the stories and there's just an affinity between, uh, you know, between here and Rancho Obi Wan, and and it's such an incredible place with such incredible stories and such incredible people, and it's like a magnet, and it does draw you there. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, it's it for me. It was it was the closest thing of sort of bringing my childhood back. Um, because you get to see things that you haven't seen, old friends that you haven't seen. Uh, for, for, for years and years and years since you were a kid. And there's something so powerful about kind of getting back in touch with that and uh, to be able to share it. James, I know you've brought your, uh, your family there as well. Yeah. And to be able to share that with your own kids and, uh, is, is really, really amazing. I also want to echo what you said about it, Steve's impact goes beyond just collecting. Steve uh, really gave... I think the Star Wars fan community a face, a voice, uh, and unified it like uh, like nobody else has, um, frankly, ever done since uh, or before. So um, it's not just the the toys. We'll say my favorite story about the impact that Steve has had on me as a collector is just the mere simple fact that Steve, you were the first guy I ever heard refer to. Star Wars collecting as a field, the field <laughs> of Star Wars collecting. I was like, yes, finally someone has found legitimacy in this crazy thing we've been doing for so long. Yeah, we're working on a PhD degree in uh, Star Wars in the Star Wars collecting field. <laughs> the field. Hey, if the, if the Trekkies can get a PhD in Klingon, by golly, we can do something, right? Yeah, we can speak. It's basic. the field of yeah, dreams. Right. Yeah. But really, in so many ways, though, you, you have legitimized the practice of collecting Star Wars. And through your books and anyone who has come around you at a convention or, what, or Ranch Obi-Wan itself, you've made a lot of us go back to our parents' house and clean out whatever may have survived from the era in which we uh, we're introduced to Star Wars toys, and for most of us, it happens during our childhood. But who says that should ever end? Well, I still say I'm 12 years old in my mind when I'm <laughs> when I'm in the museum, and and of course, a star a, a tour here is not just it's not like a regular museum where everything is behind glass, and you know you you can. Uh, hear something or see a movie or something like that. It's all about the stories. 
And now we've instituted a docent program, so hopefully we're going to be able to do additional tours in the future. Um, but again, it's all about the stories behind the objects and what role they played in popular culture. Yes. As well as some of the funny and uh, <clears throat> out of school tales that we tell <laughs> about about some of the uh, and some of the very interesting fan made items. Um, uh, we were discussing a couple before uh, before we got on the air and you you just never know what you're going to find something i mean you know you go to a site like etsy and you find um embroidered toilet paper with a stormtrooper on it and it says storm pooper <laughs> and i'm thinking uh how do you embroider toilet paper, much less Star Wars toilet paper? But, you know, that's the thing about Star Wars fans. They are, they are creative, and they want to have an outlet for that creativity. And that's why you see so much amazing Star Wars art and Star Wars artifacts made by fans. And, and that really is the path that I've pursued for the last decade or so. Um, that to me is what shows what fandom has done for Star Wars mm -hmm. and Lucasfilm and now Disney allowing fans to play in that huge sandbox that George Lucas created. It's, it's a really an infinite sandbox because there's so much more that can be added to it. And there are so many pieces of fan art here as well that are just absolutely mind-blowing, one-of-a-kind pieces. That Tin Falcon that you have is is so detailed and no, incredible. No, 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 no. What? Don't, don't you watch Robot, Robot Chicken, yeah, okay, the, aluminum right. yeah, no, the Aluminum Falcon? Yeah, no, it is. Aluminum Falcon, <laughs> right, right. What was that, James? Was that Aluminium? Aluminium. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, that was in the that was in the English subtitled version of uh, Robot Chicken. Yes. What's an aluminium falcon? <laughs> so, James, when you think of Rancho Obi Wan, uh, what's like? It's hard to ask anyone what's your favorite piece here in the museum, but what's like the first thing you think of when you think about Rancho Obi Wan? For me, it's going to have to be just the action figures uh, going behind those shelves and pulling out those drawers and drawers of action figures and seeing the multitudes of different versions from all over the world and then seeing uh, and this is no, no disrespect to Hasbro seeing some of the amazing fan made action figures that Steve's collected over the years not less just of himself but of Gary the dog <laughs> and Harrison Ford with a broken leg and I mean literally you name it it's there you know jar jar and carbonite i mean the ewoking the ewoking yeah, dead yes yeah even before hasbro did jar jar and carbonite and it, you know it's it, it's fantastic to see the creativity that's come out of fans from all over the world but just going back and being able to see that initial piece of history from 78 from the uh, from the empty box campaign and when all you the way through to the most up to date figures, and it's when you get incredible. out here, you're going to see something brand new in yes. the museum, and that yeah. is the tower of action figures that um, uh, Target built for us as a result of us doing a show uh, the weekend before the world premiere down in Los Angeles, and we have now put it together, and it it is the first thing you see as you walk into the museum, and. And I agree with you that action figures really, for a lot of people, were the centerpiece of collecting Star Wars and what they remember. 
people of a certain age what they remember as their first collectibles. The backbone of Star Wars collecting. That's really where it all started for me. Um, the trading cards, yes, but the action figures was re- what really brought it home. And James, Jason, you guys haven't been here since the tower has gone up just a, a mere couple of weeks ago. This oh. thing is the most awe-inspiring and most beautifully displayed collection of carded vintage Star Wars action figures. Every single one of them going all the way through the Droids and Ewok series. It is mind-blowing. You will, will it fit in my case? It will not. No, I'm sorry. You're, you and your case can fit inside of it. Um, it's that big. I want to be buried in this thing. Um, it's, it's so incredible. And, it is, and it's, it's um, being guarded by 575 modern Hasbro three and three quarter inch stormtroopers. It's the most impressive wow. display of action figures you will ever see. And it's beautiful and it, it catches your eye the second you walk into the museum and it just, it, my jaw is still on the floor. I saw it for the first time today. So that's the great thing about Ranch Obi-Wan is it's constantly evolving. There's constant progression going on. There are always new items being put out on display, new stories to be told by Steve. There are no two tours that are exactly the same. And it's, like I said, it's the destination for all Star Wars fans. Go and make a difference right now at RanchoObiWan.org. So, James, you're coming into town here for the big uh, fundraiser in Petaluma for Rancho Obi-Wan at the Lagunitas Brewery. And uh, so you'll be uh, coming into town here in just a mere few days, huh? Yeah, I'm in town from Monday, yes. I'm really looking forward to that. And that's why Jimmy's leaving on Sunday. Yeah, I'm out of... (laughs) I'm busting out of here, man. Yeah, thanks for that, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate well, the timing's not working out, my friend. So the people who are in Northern California, even though it's at a brewery tap room, it is kid friendly, and we are having a. Uh, last year we had a, a, about a third of the 300 people there were kids, and they came in costume. And this year we're having a costume contest. And we are also um, uh, giving out prizes, and we have goodie bags for um, uh, the kids. And um, I'm going to see if I, yeah, but yeah, there's some people here who just want a goodie bag. But um, <laughs> oh, where are the goodie we have, bags? Well, we have, we have well, no, but we have Rich Smolin, who is our director of development, who can tell us sort of what's in the goodie bags and who helped us load them. I mean, hey uh, get the stuff for him. Hey, guys. Hey, Rich. Hey, James. Hey, J-Zone. Hey, <laughs> That's J-Zone. That is the first practical application of J-Zone since you coined the phrase a half hour ago. You have no idea what you have started. You have no idea. I mean, I'm going to have to wear a jersey with this Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. You're going to be so hip. <laughs> Now be is a, it J apostrophe Z O N? It's it's however you want it to be. <laughs> I think it's J apostrophe Z O W N. Because oh, you so own the room. Damn, I like that. I like that. I'm writing that one down. Beautiful. Sorry, sorry. We need a U in there as well, please. Somewhere. Okay. Oh, <laughs> of course. O U W N. That's the British spelling. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rich, tell us all about uh, the fundraiser and. Um, 
and uh, m- most importantly, the goodie bags. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, one of the, the jobs that I hold here at Rancho Obi-Wan is to work with licensees and retailers to come up with creative ways that we can support each other. And I put out a few phone calls and sent out some emails um, to let people know about our event May 3rd at Lagunitas Taproom. And why are we doing May the 4th on May the 3rd? Because Lagunitas does community outreach on Mondays and Tuesdays, and May the 4th this year is on a Wednesday. So this is the May the 4th prequel event. (laughs) Prequel, very good. (laughs) I prefer to look at it as though we are starting the party early. Okay, I like that too. (laughs) Because somewhere at 5.30 p.m. on May the 3rd in California, James... It will be May the 4th. It will be. You're absolutely right. Somewhere over the Atlantic. Or the Pacific. Yeah, so in Tokyo, they'll be partying with you. Oh, yeah. Very nice. So so anyway, um, one of the first people I reached out to was one of our longtime supporters, Entertainment Earth. Yes. Um, And the folks there have always been great, great friends of ours and one of our first sponsors. Um, our very first sponsor, Jason. And and they're celebrating an anniversary this year, uh, Entertainment Earth. And I've been I've been buying all of my Hasbro items from them for more than a decade. Wow! And um, you know the, it's a great company. They're 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 wonderful yes. friends of of ours. And um, well, I mean they're one of the first in the biz too. When you they think back to the old absolutely. Windows ninety four days, you know that's when. Uh, Wait a second. That would be the is only- there is there an update to that? <laughs> He's still using the AOL disk. You see why we're raising money tonight, folks? You see, we... it's never been more obvious. When we say we need your help, we really need your help. Go on, Rich. So anyway, I reached out to I think it was Bethany Grinald, um, is how she pronounces her last name, and asked if they'd be kind enough to donate a few of their exclusives because now they're doing some exclusives um, for our silent auction. And her response was, well, how about if we give you an exclusive for each of the goodie bags? So they have sent us over a hundred of their Desert Assault Vehicle First Order Trooper Vehicle Packs, which is their first vehicle exclusive. Um, And we are just so grateful for that. Um, Other longtime friends of ours, DK Publishing, DKUS, has sent us um, some readers, some Force Awakens readers um, for the younger kids. Those will also be in the bags. Those are always fun. Brian's Comics from here in Petaluma, downtown Petaluma, has given us um, a Star Wars comic to go in every goodie bag. Perfect, perfect. I didn't know there was a comic shop here in downtown Petaluma. Oh, yeah, it's a great one. Brian's Comics. Brian's a great friend, too. The Disney Store in Santa Rosa Plaza has also generously donated some fun goodies. We've got stickers and bookmarks and some cool coloring pages and paper R2-D2 put-together figurines that you'll be able to assemble. And I see Carl drooling at the mouth (laughs) over those. Um, And then... According to FedEx, I'm expecting a delivery from Tops on Monday, which should include some Force Awakens packs, which will also be going in the goodie bags. Perfect, perfect. So that's all happening at the Lagunitas Brewery in Petaluma on Tuesday. May the 3rd be with you. Right. And, um, and kids 12 and under? Kids 12 and under will be admitted for free. Yay! 
And we're going to have the 501st there. We're going to have some people from the Rebel Legion, uh, hopefully the Mando Mercs, and uh, Jabba the Hutt will be there to take uh, take a photo with yes. in all his and as Steve mentioned, gloriousness. <laughs> we are holding a kids' costume contest, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. I uh, posted a, a throwdown on Facebook earlier this week. Um, my five-year-old Ellie in her Ray costume, holding her BB-8 backpack buddy um, in the Petaluma Parade Butter and Egg Days Parade last week. Um, so I've thrown down the gauntlet. We'll see who comes out. Yes, we were. We 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 drove our our Rebel troop carrier down. The main drag of Petaluma yes. last Saturday. That's and, an annual tradition now. And and amazingly, I made it all the way, even even though Michael Wistock was driving. You didn't have to get out and push? No, nope, we did not. <laughs> uh, no, nope, we, were, we were really lucky. We were really lucky. And I wanted, you were it sort of interrupted. I wanted you to talk a little bit more, thanks Rich, about about the needs that we have and, and, and why we're doing this uh, springtime uh, fundraising drive. Well, um, needs. We need money, people. <laughs> uh, Being strong with the force is just simply not enough these days. It's just not enough. Uh, we're a nonprofit. We're a, we're a business, and all businesses have expenses, and they need to be paid in order for us to keep the doors open and doing what we do. And uh, if we cannot do that, then Steve has to go get a job. What? <laughs> but I thought I was president and chief executive officer of Rancho Obi-Wan. I mean, there, golly, there is no... By the way, to all of you listening, regardless of how old you are, there is no such thing as retirement. I'm telling you all of that right now. It's a big piece of baloney. <laughs> so true. So yeah. So we 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 don't want Steve to have to to go and um, <laughs> be a speaker somewhere. Which actually that might be kind of nice. Yeah, you know, he get him gets, out of the yeah. house a little bit. Yeah. yeah no, you know. we 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 feel like uh, we really contribute to uh, the social good of the world and. We want to continue to do that, and in order to do that, just like any business, we need to pay the bills. So um, we would like any donation you can give at RanchoObiWan.org, even a dollar. Even a dollar can add up. If everybody on our social media network gave a dollar right now, we would be done. Yeah, that's I mean, 60, that's really all it takes. It's that, right. wow. that Six, simple. 67,000 followers on Instagram right now. Everybody gave a dollar, we'd be done. That'd be it. That'd be it. Yeah. Wait a second. Are we broadcasting on Instagram? Is this some new thing I don't know about? <laughs> and it's done ways. all through pictures. It's like a flip book. Yes. Right? As a matter of fact, yeah. That'd be um, exactly how they do it. That's, you know, about How as- would you broadcast live on uh on Instagram? <laughs> That's I think it might be a little difficult. Yes. So... Um, you know, our, our mission is to inspire, uh, and we inspire little kids, and we inspire the kid and all of us adults. I know all of us here feel about 9 or 10 years old at, all, said, at all times. I said 12, 12 I'm older than all you guys. Uh, there yep. you go. <laughs> um, so one of, the, one of the things that we do is we um, give free tours to school groups, and I'm going to let Julie talk here after this um, to speak about how we've um, inspired her kids. And um, we also donate tours to other charities and for them to raise money. And 
So by doing so, when you support Rancho Obi-Wan, you're actually directly supporting all of these other charities that we help out. And I have a list here. It's very long. We, we do a lot of this. And I just want to let people know um, the kinds of charities that we support. Uh, the first one, Beat the Clock and Help Beat Cancer. They're a cancer research organization. Burbank Arts for All Foundation is uh, an arts uh, community in Burbank. California Film Institute. Uh, Carousel Fund here in Petaluma. We donated a 20-person uh, cocktail party to them. And uh, what they do in Petaluma is they help kids with life-threatening illnesses here in Petaluma and help their families get through what they need to do. And this is just the beginning of a list that goes on for yep. pages. So, it does. Um, and so it, we don't have to read them all it, right it, now. It's, it's it's one of the things that, that we do. That, yeah. And, that, I, you know, just everybody here knows somebody who... Um, has diabetes or cancer, and we all want to help in some way. And if you support Rancho Obi-Wan, you're supporting those causes as well. And uh, my own father was just diagnosed with cancer last week. So I feel very um, proud of what we do here at Rancho Obi-Wan because we give um, our tours to other charities so that they can continue um, doing great things like cancer research. So um, so what is a tour like for a school group? Well, why don't we let Julie talk now? Everybody, this is Julie Carter from Pathways Charter Julie. School. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I feel kind of odd here because I'm the only non- Star Wars geek in the room. What? Well, we're going to have to <laughs> change no, no, that. No, you are, you, you are I, by, I by, am, by association. Yes. You're by association, I'm sure. You'll be walking out of here with a Yoda tattoo <laughs> <laughs> when this is all over. About, oh, I guess it was in early 2012, right after you guys started this thing, um, someone dropped a flyer off at my school. And there was a debate as to whether or not to ever show it to me. <laughs> Because they thought I would go crazy with it. And I have. Uh, Pathways Charter School, which is an independent study school over five counties here in Northern California, uh, comes here twice a year. I bring about 30 to 40 teenagers with me. And it is phenomenal. The first time I came, I brought a kid whose life I want to tell Anne and Steve changed that day who got inspired to realize that his dreams were not too weird if steve could do this (laughs) (laughs) nothing is too weird yeah the idea of him going into film was not too weird um it's just an incredible experience every kid has that awe moment when I see on their face that they get it, they, they, they catch their breath. Some of them even have cried, Aww. which is just like, oh, oh it's so incredible. And these are all kids who come from various backgrounds and various things. They're all homeschooled. So pretty much they're out-of-the-box thinkers to start out with. So this has just been a perfect combination our school and you guys and 
I would love to be able to take all 520 of our students here. <laughs> but I would kind of get tired of see, of the tour. Although now that I hear the action figure thing. You won't get tired. No, it's, I all, have to, it's all new. <laughs> I have to go see that. So, um, yeah, it's it's just a phenomenal thing to let kids come and see this. And personally, as a mother, my kids all grew up on Star Wars. And they are Star Wars geeks. The three of them know every single line from the original trilogy. And I lived with this, and I live with it now. (laughs) With my students, I was just unpacking books today that my students had ordered, and there were five Star Wars books in the order. And I was like, oh, who ordered those? How did that get past me? (laughs) (laughs) It's just a wonderful thing, and thank you guys, and... You know, it's something that I think every school should be taking advantage of. You know, it's not every day that somebody gives this kind of gift to kids. Well, that's amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that local organizations and educational institutions are taking advantage of this because it it should be exploited to its fullest. I mean, this is an amazing place. And and what tonight is all about is is raising awareness in Rancho Obi-Wan and how it is important, not only for Star Wars fans, but those who are just interested in pop culture and, and history. Because you can get a sense of where the world was just by looking at some of these collectibles. You know, there's, they're steeped with historic value. And th- I don't think that's lost on anyone who walks through. No, the and, and there are specific times we always ask school groups if there's anything that they want to, uh, a- any particular subject they want to stress, like Star Wars and history, Star Wars and science, Star Wars and creativity, and it's mostly the creativity part. But also you have to remember that Star Wars came about after very, very dark years in American politics. Yes. With the, the impeachment of the president, Watergate, the Vietnam yes. War, Watergate, and the films were really dark, too. And here comes George Lucas out of nowhere with this wonderful uh, throwback of uh, good versus evil and, um, and visual effects that no one had ever seen before because Hollywood had completely dismantled its whole visual effects business that he had to start over from scratch. And all of the obstacles that he overcame to tell the story that he had in his mind and and wanting so badly to have new heroes for kids to be able to celebrate. And you know it's not lost on on a guy who was a kid growing up during that time. It was he was just so so incredibly insightful to know that there was a void that needed to be filled as far as entertainment and inspiration for children of that era and Star Wars came at the perfect time. It did. It really did. The fact that it's still around today is a testimonial to not only the fact that it was just in the right place at the right time, but it, it's, it's endured because of the quality of it. And that's what really is, is something that I think fuels this building that we're sitting in right now. And the fact that you were so inspired to build the world's largest Star Wars collection and, and to be it, able to share it publicly. It just happened, really. How did, how did, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever just like sit up and go, you know, what, what, what happened? What, like, it's like, what hit me? What, what happened here? Where yeah, am it was, I? <laughs> it was those two events that I mentioned just before. Yeah. The, 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 the three major collectors who sort of got divorced in the yeah. same mm-hmm. time period 
and and the Gary Kurtz collection and and making those decisions and realizing yes. that I had set myself on a new path uh-huh. and never set out to have the world's largest collection. We never applied to the Guinness Book of Records. They approached us. And so these things just sort of happen. I see something that I, you know, I, I oh, gee, I wish I could afford to buy that. And Ann says, you know what? Eventually, most of these items end up at Rancho Obi-Wan somehow or another. Somehow, somewhere. And we, we, always, <laughs> we always appreciate that. We appreciate the Star Wars licensees all over the world. We appreciate Lucasfilm and Disney for what they've allowed us to do. And um, it's, just, uh, it's just been a, a, a great time all together. Well, you know what, Jason? I think we have a, this, you know, we, we want to pay tribute to the museum itself. But we also want to uh, give you like a little this is your life sort of moment. And so we have Sand Sweet flashbacks prepared for you. Um, we, you've been. <laughs> Wait a second. What's this all about? That's right. Well, it's no big deal. You've been doing so much with us on the microphone for so many years. I, I thought it, you know, it would just be fun to sort of relive some of those wonderful memories. So here's our first Sand Sweet flashback. <laughs> If you'll just indulge me, you've done so much for the Star Wars community, so much for Star Wars fans, that I've written a musical tribute to you. And I'm going to... uh, It's brief. Oh, my God. Can I faint now? Steven. Steven J. Sansweet. (laughs) He wrote the Star Wars Vault and the Encyclopedia 2. Director of fan relations for Lucasfilm. Steve's a good dude. <laughs> Jimmy, I must admit that I, I since your son ran away too, um, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I'll tell you what, Jimmy, you make Bill Murray sound like Caruso. <laughs> like, jeez. Well, you know, me and Bill Murray did go to the same high school, Loyola Academy in Wilmette, Illinois. And so oh, maybe, so you had the same choir director the, I see, yeah, from so a young age. Either that or there was, there was something in the water, maybe. I don't know. You know, as that uh, was playing, I saw it in my mind. I knew exactly <laughs> where. I knew I was sort of cornered in this in this big lobby. In Well, that's in, how he does it. Oh, oh my. My God! And which which? Uh, that was Michael. Michael. Yeah. Michael just running in the other direction because he was so embarrassed. Remember when Michael? Michael was gosh, he was seven years old then, or eight years old. Yeah. Now he he's going to be seventeen next month, and he actually has a singing career. Believe it or not, uh, you know. Being... Well, at least one member of the family has a voice. <laughs> He should record that as a track and put it out. <laughs> well, maybe a raising single. Oh, James, oh, maybe wow. that's a good idea. We could, we could, we could actually raise money by selling that. Yeah, or I'd by buy, by buy. people well, paying not to hear it. I was I was just going to suggest that actually the ticker has gone down. Uh, actually, ever since we just played that. Hey, oh uh, James Burns, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and staying up late with us. If you want to catch up with James, you can find him. He's the host of uh, Radio Eleven Thirty Eight and the Star Wars Collectors Cast, and uh, you can read him over at JediNews.co.uk. And uh, James, you going to get some sleep now? I'm going to get some sleep. And also, on Star Wars Collectors Cast is the only place where you can hear Steve every month talking about what's arriving, what's going on at Rancho Obi-Wan. So really, really important place to catch up on what's going on there. 
That's yeah, absolutely. Great. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, James, thank Good you, my night. friend. Thank you, guys. Good Take night. care. See you soon. Bye, James. Bye, James. That is my favorite mm-hmm. podcast about Star Wars collecting is the Star Wars Collectors Cast. Of course, you know, uh, me and Jason had a little something to do with getting that off the ground way back when, and uh, it's good to see that that show is still thriving now on the Jedi News Podcast Network. You know, Michael was seven years old, and he was taking pictures of us as I was I was serenading you, okay? Oh, that's what it yes, was. Yes, and, and, and he was taking a, he I think he threw the camera down to the ground and just took off running. <laughs> I had to call. Uh, I had to call Convention Center security uh, to uh, yes, find him, yes. and he would not come out of his hiding place. Where are those transmissions you intercept? Zebra Imaging, creators of the most advanced and innovative digital holographs in the universe, are now bringing technology from a galaxy far, far away home to fans. Presenting Zebra Star Wars 3D Holograms, incredible three-dimensional collectibles featuring memorable characters and moments from the Star Wars saga. Choose from the Death Star Trench Battle, Kylo Ren, Han Solo and Carbonite, and R2-D2. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. With many more coming soon. May the fourth be with you. To celebrate Star Wars Day, Zebra Imaging has a special offer for RFR listeners. Visit rebelforceradio.com right now and click on the Zebra Star Wars 3D Holograms banner. This will take you directly to their website where you can order any of their amazing Star Wars holograms with $20 off your order and free shipping. Just use the code MAY4THRFR at checkout to receive this great deal. That's MAY, the number 4, THRFR at checkout for $20 off and free shipping. But you better act now because this deal is only available for a limited time. Start your Star Wars hologram collection today. Visit at rebelforceradio.com and click on the Star Wars 3D hologram banner. Anne actually has uh, an update. We, we have been uh, generating some support from you awesome listeners. And uh, here's Anne Newman with an yeah. update. I want to thank uh, our first donors for our live podcast from Rancho Obi-Wan. Connie. Connie from Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for your donation. And Jeff from Yorkville, Illinois. So yes. all around the country we're having listeners Appreciate a donation from each of you at RanchoObiWan.org. Press the donate button. Yes. Do it. Do it now. So, uh, Jason, um, we have someone else who wants to jump on board here. And uh, I hope she's standing by. Um, I'm having some uh, issues getting a hold of her. We're going to try her again. She's very busy. She is. In demand. She's very in demand. Bonnie Burton, of course. Definitely a... a, um, a cohort of yours for many years at Lucas. She's Film. probably building a full-size bantha right now. <laughs> you know, Bonnie and her crafts. And um, well, you guys were sort of office mates at one time, weren't you? Did you have offices near each other there? A- absolutely. Yeah. You know, we were all we were all part of this very strange time at Lucasfilm, but very very great time at Lucasfilm. Hey, too. a little uh, a little uh, info about your career at Lucasfilm. When you first started working there, you were working on Skywalker Ranch, weren't you? Well, I was first working out of my house. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> because for the for the first year, what I was doing was going around to conventions. I oh, was, uh, yes. I was finishing writing the star the first Star Wars encyclopedia during the week and which they weren't paying me for, but going out to fan conventions mm-hmm. and they asked me to go to maybe eight to ten fan conventions and i ended up going to about 60 60 i was gonna say 30 (laughs) 60 um but so yeah it was a very busy year and it was great and then in um that was 1996 1997 for some strange reason i commuted weekly 
to Skywalker Ranch. And 1998, we moved up here, and um, and that's when we first built the warehouse, yes, which has since morphed into Rancho Obi Wan. And when you built the warehouse, you said to yourself. I'm going to have a great time trying to fill up this building. Absolutely. You, you thought it would take a lifetime. And then episode one happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all lost a lot of space when oh, episode boy. one happened. Yeah. If I hadn't bought the 10,000 Jar Jar toys, but I thought for oh, sure. Oh, you're the guy. That was the best <laughs> investment. You know, it's just like I'm going to get back. You know, a hundred dollars a piece on the. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I, Dan Madsen, our friend, was uh, running the official fan club back at that time, and I think he still has night sweats thinking about the inventory <laughs> of Jar Jar Binks figures that were not moving. That Lucasfilm sort of pushed him yes, to buy. Yes, yes, there was absolutely. There was definitely a lot of yeah. encouragement going on there. Yeah, I mean, there's another guy who is so responsible for where Star Wars fandom is today. One of the building blocks in Dan and and uh, and Fantastic Media, which mm-hmm. um, when the fan club, the original fan club and Bantha Tracks folded, Dan was there to pick up the license and people said, Star Wars? Why would you do a Star Wars magazine? And um, Dan said, because I love it. He was doing a Star Trek magazine and um, and Dan is now working with uh, Ashley Eckstein yep. at her universe. Dan is uh, is one of those truly great people, and you know deserves a lot of credit for he sure where, does. where fandom is today. He sure has Dan ever been well, out here? Has he ever come out here? No, we, we I've get him try- out here. I've been trying to get Dan and his wife out here for mm-hmm. years. Hmm. So one of these days, one these of these days. days yes. Well, if uh, if Dan and you are part of the are the building blocks uh, or some of the building blocks of Star Wars fan community, then uh, we have the cherry that goes on top. She's finally here, Bonnie Burton, joining us. Woo-hoo. Yay! There's Hi. Bonnie girl. What's up, bon? <laughs> Bonnie, have you been described as? Never mind. <laughs> what? No, I haven't. I'm not. I, I've never been described as a fruit topping before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's always a first time, and especially when I it comes know, to I know, I feel I feel honored. Usually, people don't refer to me as that, but thanks. Well, 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 sure. I mean, you are one of those that sort of defies description, uh, Bonnie. But uh, by the way, wait, wait, wait! I want to say something really quick, Steve. I miss you. I miss you too, kid. It's been too long. I, you know what? Every time when I worked at Lucasfilm, uh, I could end. And Steve was in the office. I could always count on going up to his office and getting cheered up. And it was like, it didn't matter if I was having a bad day. It didn't matter what kind of politics was going on. All I had to do was go into Steve's office and I instantly felt better. So thank you for being Prozac for me for like almost a decade. (laughs) Well, and, and you, of course, are on every tour that we give because Bonnie contributed a lot of the items that were in her book the the cra- what what was the exact title bonnie it's pretty simple star wars craft book oh okay. i didn't want to i thought it was more complex than that and didn't no, want to no, get no. it screwed up no, the star wars craft book. and so all over the museum we've got pieces from from the star wars craft book i'm still not sure about that milk carton chewbacca birdhouse oh yeah because you know i don't know any bird a lot of a lot of people make that, and they think it's hilarious because it looks like Chewbacca is eating birds. Exactly. <laughs> birds go uh, Why would any it's, sane bird fly into there? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. One of my friends that uh, made one for his daughter put a little voice chip in it, 
So uh, it's motion sensor. So anytime <sighs> a bird goes in there, Chewbacca grows. Oh, like, that's amazing. But it freaks out the bird so much <laughs> that the only thing that goes in there now, I think, is a deaf squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So that's the Star Wars craft book, and you can still buy that uh, on Amazon and anywhere. Oh, yeah, it's it's available everywhere. I don't even remember what printing it's in. I think it's in the third printing or something. It's it's considered, even though it's a craft book and it's nonfiction, Lucasfilm uh, now classifies it as a Star Wars Legends book, which is where they're sticking all the old EU books. Is that funny? I know. I was are, you, like, are you telling Are you telling me the bird eating Chewbacca is no longer canon? I know. I was so angry about that because I was like, "Come on, you guys! Like that's that's kind of stupid to put nonfiction books in the like in the legends section." And I'm oh, well. honestly, I mean, every day like that- I still I bug Random House and Del Rey and Penguin to let me do a sequel because I have so many crafts for the new movies and for Rebels and. I just don't hear back from them. So if there's any fans out there who want me to do a sequel, I, I'm leaving it up to you because I think I might have been blocked. <laughs> hey, Bonnie, it's Ann. Hey, Ann, how's it going? It's good. I haven't seen you in so long. I see you, but on Facebook. Uh-huh. Are you stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of am. I feel like, yeah, it's it's funny because like I miss all of you guys, but I see you on social media every day, so it's not too bad. Yeah, send, it's, a great, it's a great thing about social media. We should point out that Bonnie does not have an automobile and does not drive. And I know. Well, I do, I do drive, but I gave uh, up my car uh, because I just... I. My work is now my home. Right. So my commute is from my bedroom to my office inside my house. So I don't really drive anywhere and I just, you know, take public transit like a good San Franciscan. So I don't make it out to Rancho Obi Wan. So next time I make a friend with a car, I will beg them to drive out there because I'm I need a Steve hug. Yep. Well, now, what, you you guys were in the same the, the same office together, the same office area. Did you uh did you ever uh, Bonnie, did you ever play a trick on Steve or uh, any you know what? I office never, pranks? No, I I'm not the only prank I ever pulled and I think <laughs> I think I like I think Steve was in on it. Though he'll probably plead the fifth because uh not necessarily for legal reasons, but probably just to save face with George. Uh, you know, George Lucas has his own art collection up at Presidio of, you know, of movie, of all the movie posters and stuff. But he also had a very uh, extensive fine art collection of paintings. And when uh, Steve and I were both at Big Rock before they moved us over to the Presidio, they had all the art in all the hallways and stuff like that. It was a lot of Star Wars art, too, but it was a lot of fine art as well. And so uh, when we were moving from the Presidio or from uh, Big Rock Ranch, which is right next to Skywalker, when we were moving from there to Presidio, um, the people that were in charge of George Lucas's art collection were taking down the art pieces and putting up like kind of these pieces like Xerox sheets of paper that explained like had a tiny picture of the art and explained like who it was that made the art, what the name of the art was. And just so they could know where things have been placed, just so they could keep track of everything. So I thought it would be funny if I bought a really horrible oil painting off of eBay. (laughs) uh, It was a Victorian painting of, or a Victorian-esque painting of a dog on the beach dressed as Little Bo Bo Peep playing a ukulele. And it looked really, I mean, it looked like an actual human, but was Sounds a like a fever dream. 
Yeah, so, look, so it was a human. It was a human. It was a beautiful oil painting. And it was, I still have it, but it was, well, no, I, yeah, I saw, okay. So what happened was I'm jumping ahead. So I put, I took a picture of it, put it on the piece of paper and wrote down a fake name for it, wrote down an artist that was a famous artist, right? And I don't remember who it was, but I looked up who was like famous at that time for oil paintings and dog (laughs) portraits. And I just put it up randomly on one of the walls at Big Rock. And then sure enough, like a couple, like a week later, a couple days later, uh, an email or a memo popped up saying, hey, we're missing one of the pieces of artwork from George's collection. If you guys know where it's placed in your office, because we were always allowed as employees to pick from this giant catalog of art would we, we would like hung in our in our offices. Usually management got first pick. So all the... <laughs> All these people started getting emails saying, hey, is this portrait of the dog in your office? Because we're trying to find it. And I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> then, I, I remember I nothing Steve about and, this. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I know not I what she I speaks Steve of. About it, he just does the Steve <laughs> thing whenever I do something I shouldn't, which he just shakes his head and he just says my name <laughs> over and over. He does that like, to you too, huh? Like, maybe I'll go away if you just said it enough. <laughs> and I think I told... I'm pretty sure I told Pablo Hidalgo because I was trying Pablo, uh, I was trying to impress him at the time, and I thought that might do it. And I think he just did the same thing Steve did, just <laughs> shook his head, just didn't under. Pete Vilmer thought it was hilarious, just for the record. Now, did you have to come so, clean at some point? So here's the point. So when we got to Big Rock, you know, this memo was still going around. I'm like, oh, I better tell someone, or else they're going to waste a lot of man hours trying to find this portrait <laughs> that doesn't exist. And then I was like, well. Wouldn't it be funnier if I just hung the portrait somewhere? <laughs> there you go. Right? And then it would be incorporated into George's collection by accident. And then he'd have this horrible painting and not know why it's in this collection. <laughs> so then I hung the painting. I think I hung the painting in just some random hallway uh, in the Presidio, like, right before we left. So it was right, right before we left. And it got taken down. And someone took the bait. You know, it got taken down. It got put into whatever... All the art was to travel to Presidio. And then we got to the Presidio. I forgot about it because I was just excited that we had new offices, you know, and you just forget about these things. And then <laughs> another memo went out saying, does anyone know, like, more about this art piece? I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I'm going to have to come clean. So Busted. I just sent an email saying, oh, I think it's part of, I think I just had it part of my art that I just had on my desk. And I'm thanks for finding it. And I had to have this like quick little meeting of prompting. I wouldn't do it anymore, but <laughs> you actually did get reprimanded. Yeah, I did get reprimanded because oh. no, George... a lot of time was spent well, trying George... to track this I... art down. I, like I mean, the... was probably getting in trouble over this, and I, I just hilarious. I like but... to think that that George for a while was convinced that he owned this thing. That was my dog picture, right, Steve? I don't George. Care you. George Honestly, knew. I don't think George knew knows that. exactly what he owns. He he has this yeah. m- this this eidetic memory for his art, and so yeah. <laughs> he he would especially on weekends. But he would walk the halls, and he and you could tell there would be little notes that he wanted posters or art in different places, and he would constantly move things around, or he'd get a new big poster, and so you know he was very much in touch with his collection. I can just imagine if he had seen I just this. like the idea of Bonnie's painting 
slipping through the cracks in if they ever do build <laughs> George Lucas's Museum of Narrative Art. What it wouldn't that yeah. be funny if that was up on display in, in that museum? I no, wish, no I mean, Steve's part- doing the thing right now where he's shaking his head. He's shaking yeah, his head. There was a, a a slight eye roll there. So yeah, that's that's what he would do when I would do these things. And so I, so I felt bad after a while because I'm like, oh, there's probably someone that like was losing sleep over this. Like it was their job to be in charge of the art and to keep track of it. And who knows like what was going on behind the scenes. So I started to, and I'm I'm like I was raised Catholic, so instantly I always feel guilty anytime I do stuff like this later on. So I had a good laugh, and then I felt guilty, and then. I, you know, the funny thing is, I don't think anyone bugged George about this. Like, I'm sure they were just like, okay, there's no way this is part of his artwork. And if it is, we don't want to make fun of it. Because if it is part of his artwork, then we're, you know, disrespecting our boss. So I don't even think he was bothered with any of it. Um, And the few times that I talked to George, I I never brought it up. Like, I That's a hard thing to bring up. Hey, remember? Uh, hey, remember that piece of art, the dog playing the ukulele? Yeah, that was mine. Sorry. Yeah, like so, I didn't bring that up. So, but... besi- so besides your crafts, which are now here, yes. What is it about? What is it about Rancher Obi Wan that that you like that inspires you? I the thing I loved most about Rancho is that it's it's so eclectic. The collection. It's not just the stuff that you would have found at Toys R Us. It's not just, you know, international marketing campaigns and things like that. It's my favorite section. And every time I visit, you've totally changed something. So yep. it's always a different experience. I think I've been to Rancho maybe five times, maybe half a dozen times. And each time it's an experience. You know, it's like, you, I think you change it more than Disney changes Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little, I mean, less, a little less expensive to change Rancho. Well, it's a little expensive now. I mean, the way you expand, who knows? But I think Disney should like at least give you some money for an expansion. I want to see a Rancho Obi-Wan ride. Like, I think it should be almost like like the, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. You should build well, a moat in the middle. Yes. And then we could have animatronic Steve. Yeah. And that would be fantastic. You could be like the president. It could be like uh, it could be like the President Lincoln robot, right? How about a full size cantina? Yes. Now we're I talking. I think that would be great. A well, working cantina. Lucasfilm, I would add. Lucasfilm yes. has Listen offered to this. us the full size cantina that they built yeah. for that was used at Celebration Anaheim and was used before for videos by Nerdist and other people. And they want to preserve it. They they are they they have it in storage now. They can't keep it in storage much longer. So one of the things that we are trying to figure out right now is how we um, sort of um, disassemble our falling down furthest back barn and build the building that would be suitable to keep the cantina and and make it available to fans for the far distant future. And so wow. Um so part, you know, part of the fundraising now is 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 sort of, you know, to to maybe get seed money to start that obviously. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you love to have Bonnie all you'd need to do is contribute oh maybe a few hundred thousand dollars from from all awesome. of your royalties and it could be the Bonnie Burton Cantina at Rancho Obi. <laughs> wow, that that's amazing. I mean, yeah. if you've it's ever dreamed I- about sidling up to the bar of the cantina, yeah. 
Um, that dream could become a reality. That's another reason to go to donate.ranchoob1.org and uh, get your contribution in because, uh, you know, Steve does all kinds of events, like even weddings. Imagine having your, your wedding reception in the cantina. Yep. Whoa. I, I, I you honestly, know what? I will I don't redo my vows. I, I mean, put what put weddings aside. I don't think there's enough cool divorce parties out there. <laughs> so I think I want to go ahead and reserve it. I'm not even married. Well, I was, I first you have to get married. Okay, I'm married, I'm married to RTD too. But if we ever get a divorce, which we won't, but let's just say we get a divorce, <laughs> we're having our divorce party in that canteen. Well, actually, sure. we could do both. You could, I could marry you. And divorce you like a week later, so we could have two parties in two weeks. <laughs> it could be you could have a whole thing like of annulment parties. Like I think that should be a thing. I'm just saying. I'm just don't just just don't think weddings. I, I think bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. Of that thing. I Bonnie, think I love your open. I love the way your mind works. Um, but, we uh, we had a guest here last year who suggested we have funerals. Ooh. That's, Ooh, uh, that's a downer. That no, is a bummer. No, yeah. thank you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. You have to, I think you have to be very, very careful we, about Star Wars funerals in a very highly flammable place because most <laughs> most Star Wars funerals doesn't that involve lighting them on fire and uh Oh yes. That's dr- the, yeah, we well. would only do immolations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, did they set did they set Padme on fire? Or did they just let her float down a river? And no, I think like, uh, no, no. That was just candles, lots of candles. Does that mean that Rose? Does that mean that Nally Portman's body carcass <laughs> is like somewhere on the River Thames? Or you know, the the, the Naboo people. I, I figure that they did her up like Ava Perone. Like you could go and see her uh, still to this day. Like oh yeah okay uh uh huh oh you know you get Bonnie on the line in conversation anything go, could oh, happen sorry sorry anything oh and I, I I also wanted to mention about Rancho Obi Wan one of my also my favorite sections obviously the craft section and uh like that I think you have a salacious crumb that's made out of tape yes made out right? of and, made out of crushed newspaper and packing tape from Mexico. That's my by far my favorite thing in it's there. That's so like cool. homemade. Yeah, I love it. But I also love, um, I love all the stuff that you got from fans over the years. Just people that have made these great things for you. You have them all over, and then you also have a great bootleg section. So to me, it's like if you're a fan of Star Wars or a collector, or if you just like making things, um, going to Rancho Obi Wan is such. It's like going to a museum. Because, but in a fun way, because you get to all these ideas. Museums, art museums, to me are, and, and natural history museums to me, are my church. Like that's where I go to like feel inspired, enlightened, better about humanity. You know, makes me want to be a better person. Makes me want to be a more involved Star Wars fan. So that's how I feel when I go to Rancho Obi Wan and seeing what fans have made. And these are fans that are like little kids. These are fans that are adults. I mean, there's just so many really crafty, talented Star Wars fans out there um, that have given you things over the years. So it's great to see all that stuff at Rancho. I'd like to make something to give to you to put on display here, and I don't know what I it would it would be duct tape inspired. I'm sure. Well, we could put your uh, your song to me on an audio loop Ooh. that would just continue Ooh. and continue. That, you and know continue. what? If you ever wanted to end the tour and get people out of here <laughs> quickly, actually, you know, actually, I was thinking of that. That could be like the Time Copa to and Anna song they always play at like punk rock shows to get people to leave. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'd be like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, that kind of exactly. Song. It'd be like the Ekmina song that Ekmina sings in. Oh Hulk, God! Right when she yeah. tries to shove everyone out of the cantina because there's a new curfew, and so it's like she puts lyrics to those that cantina song, but in a slow, sad way. It could be like that. By the way, we're uh, getting some messages in from uh, folks that are listening uh, right now. We got Adam Harris. He says hi from Australia. The My Saga team is here working on the editing for the documentary while listening to you all live, loving it. Also wanted to give Steve and the team at Rancho a huge thank you for letting us film last year. It was awesome. Oh, wow. What can you tell us about um, Adam Harris and uh, My Saga, Steve? Adam and his son were here, and they were going like around the U.S. and all kinds of Star Wars places Mm -hmm. and doing a father-son trip, and so they came here and... They filmed the segment at Rancho Obi-Wan. It was great to meet them. Wow. And, and what, is, uh, what is sort of the gist of his documentary? I think it's that bonding the of father, father and son, son with mm. Star Wars. Yeah, That's great. Well, I'm curious to see that. So, Adam, stay in touch with us and let us know when uh, that's going to be released because uh, I'd love to see the footage you shot here at Rancho Obi-Wan and everything else you did with your kid. You sound like a great dad to me. Absolutely. Yes. And thanks, Adam, for listening. Uh, I have some thank yous to give right now. Princess Layla from Petaluma has Beautiful. made a donation. Thank you very much, Layla. Tyler, Tyler, I don't know how to pronounce your city, dude. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Canada, no. Can't, can't, no. Help me out, Steve. <laughs> Connecticut, Canada, Canada. <laughs> I know the city. Canada. It's in New York. Um, Canadagua. 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 Canadianoga. There you go. <laughs> Tyler from Canadianoga, New York. <laughs> Thank you for your donation. Thomas. Thomas from St. Simmons Island, Georgia. Thomas is a charter member of Rancho Obi-Wan. Which means he has been a supporter of ours, a financial supporter of ours, for five years now. So, Thomas, thank you so much for your continued support. Way to go. And Stacy from Newark, California, thank you so much. And finally, Bob. Bob from Petaluma has been the biggest supporter ever in the history of supporters of Rancho Obi-Wan. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much to bob that's awesome thank you bob <laughs> thanks bob <laughs> good old bob so um so bonnie um yes. share share some uh, memories that you know like the first time you walked into rancho obi-wan and and steve swung the door open what what went through your mind because that's an experience that to me is the one that really sends the shivers down the spine when he opens yeah. up that door well, I remember him describing it uh, many times when we were at work together, and I just couldn't fathom how big a collection this could be because I had, I had been interviewing you know many fans for StarWars.com about you know their collections, and people too. had some pretty modest right. collections, or they've redone their living room to look like a scene out of you know something to do with Star Wars, or they are very specific in what they collect, whether it be R two D twos or uh, Star Wars video game stuff or things that just have to do with Chewbacca or, you know, whatever. And I couldn't fathom someone who'd spent his, I mean, purely, I mean, so many years, even before the movie came out, Steve was collecting stuff um, as a journalist. 
Um, I mean, I don't know how many people, I don't know if you've gone into his background, but Steve's like a legit journalist from a way back, but I'm, I'm not going to give the years cause that's not polite, but I'm well, just going to say the dude should have a Pulitzer by now, yeah. but <laughs> well, you know. he was like, he was covering star Wars before the movie came out in 1977. So he had already was collecting. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, if you started before the movie even came out and you already have a, a mass amazing collection, you're going to have to put it somewhere other than your house unless your house is gigantic or unless you don't mind eating over collectibles or taking a bubble bath with all the Star Wars bubble bath collectibles. I mean, your, your yeah. house is taken over. <laughs> we all have this problem, too, as collectors. I am a collector of many things, and I find that I'm – I had to take that online hoarders test – just to see like how bad it's gotten where I have boxes and boxes of Star Wars stuff and I have like many pairs of eyes staring at me as I sleep because I have all the Star Wars action figures and toys in my bedroom. So, um, by the way, I'm not too bad of a hoarder, but <laughs> I will say it's there's a fine line between being a hoarder like most of us and being a museum curator like Steve is. And he created this, you know, he he built this building, wasn't it an old chicken Chicken barn? Yeah, chicken it was a, a, a chicken ranch that... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so we got rid of all that. Uh, and I, when I say chicken ranch, it's not like a euphemism for a brothel. I mean, it really was like their chicken <laughs> Not so, that kind of chicken ranch. I don't think anyone actually thought that. But, oh, okay. Uh, well, well Jay, maybe Jay, that's just me. Maybe that's no, just me. No, Jay Zone may have. Well, hold up, Vanity. Jay Zone may have because he's so into musical theater. Uh, yeah, <laughs> It's just so anyways, a little. <laughs> hey, Bonnie, thanks for bringing up the chicken ranch because I, I do want to say that when when we do tours here, I start the tour um, and we talk about chickens and uh, okay. everybody meets our chickens. We've got seven chickens right now. And a lot of people who have come here, um, they've never seen a live chicken in their life. They've only seen it on the dinner plate. <laughs> So Aww. they get to feed the chickens, and they're really beautiful, and they're really nice. And sometimes Bertha flies over the fence to greet people, and uh, I pick Do her up. Do you have, like, little outfits for them? Because I think we're <laughs> missing You know, they, they run they're around like naked, Wars, but like, yeah. And, like... Like chicken cosplay. I think that you, you should make us some outfits, Bonnie. It's really hard to keep outfits on birds. I'm you know what? People right make now. them. They make little little blinders to put on their eyes and uh, sunglasses yeah. and stuff. Red sunglasses. Yeah. I just don't think a helmet is going to stay on there. But I, I don't know. I'll leave, I'll leave that up to the 501st. Not without staples. Uh, yeah. Want- but I will say when I first walked into Rancho Obi-Wan, I was, it was like my first day as a kid visiting Disneyland or the first time I ever visited Toys R Us as a kid, like you just, you, it, you can't explain that overwhelming sense of happiness. I feel like if you're a star Wars fan and you just want that sense of bliss and happiness and excitement all at once, you should go visit Rancho Obi-Wan because and- it's, I remember walking through there going, how, what, where, I didn't even know where to go first because it's like there's so many things to look at. There's so many things to see. And then when, you know, you get the actual tour from someone who works there or someone who, you know, from Steve himself, you get all these great backstories. You know, you get all this information about every single thing in there. It's overwhelming. Like, I almost feel like you should have part of Rancho Obi-Wan as a bed and breakfast so people can stay overnight and go back. First I thought it the- was. 
Is it? It should be. I know uh, it was when uh, you were uh, doing uh, it. Very I think it depends on who you are. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think Pete Vilmer was staying there, wasn't he? Like, I know somebody was staying Pete, there when he Pete was helping was, you Pete, categorize yeah, everything. Pete, well, Pete stayed here for about four months when I first got him a, the temp his first temp job at Lucasfilm. So yeah, we started Mary, at the same time. Mary Franklin's Mary Franklin stayed here for several weeks until she found a place in Petaluma when she came down from Alaska, which was uh, in uh, 2001. And so, yeah. yeah, this is, this has been a way station for a lot of people. And then a lot yeah. of people who have crashed <laughs> <laughs> in more ways. I than feel one. like but it's never- like such an overwhelming experience. There's so much to see. You can't see it in one day you know what i mean there's just so many it's like museums right you can't appreciate a museum uh a fine art museum or natural history museum all in one day because there's so much to see there's so much to learn so for me it was like such a great opportunity but i almost think if you're going to be doing this in the future you might want to consider giving vr tours via oculus and maybe doing some sort of 360 tour uh, where, you know, a paid subscriber to the Rancho Obi-Wan fan club could, like, go... Like, if I'm having a rough day and I just want to wander the halls of Rancho Obi-Wan, put on an Oculus headset and just VR my way to happiness. Ooh. Like just that. a thought. That's, just a well, thought. I have the Viewmaster, and it's kind of <laughs> the Viewmaster is cool. And, I love uh, the Viewmaster. I'll tell you. Here's yeah. the funny thing about the Viewmaster. When I, because I, I knew when I after my my visit to Rancho, I knew that I was going to have a hard time explaining it to people. Um, and the Viewmaster with the 3D effect, it actually is one of the best ways to kind of give people a sense of what it was like. And uh, I'm, yeah. I love the Viewmaster. I know the book doesn't do it justice. I love the that Rancho Obi Wan book that has kind of a snapshot of things that mm. are there, but it's not. It's kind of like when you get a catalog, a museum catalog, and you can see the art a page by page, but it doesn't. You just don't have that sense of being there. Like you have to be there. It's like a difference between seeing a picture of the Eiffel Tower and looking up at the Eiffel Tower when you're in Paris. Right. And to me, that's what Rancho Obi Wan is, and it's so much closer than Paris. So people should visit. <laughs> Except people for should people make a in Paris. <laughs> yeah, unless you're in Paris. And, then no, you're we, and we, of course, we get visitors from all over the world. So we've gotten yeah. we've gotten visitors from all over Europe and Scandinavia, uh, South America, Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, Japan. So it's now, uh, it's really been uh, it's really been. Steve, great. have you ever had a situation where tourists show up and they don't speak English? Yes, we. Uh, in fact, we just had a um, a family that won a trip in France uh, to Rancho Obi Wan, and um, luckily, um, the tour was being given by our uh, head of docents, Lucas Seastrom, and Lucas speaks. Defense and uh, much better than I do because uh, uh-huh. my second language is Spanish, and so um, he was able to answer some of their questions and tell them about things. In and and they understood English. It's just uh, it, like a lot of people, you're you're you can understand, but but you're uncomfortable speaking it because you know sure. you're using the wrong you know this or that. So right. yes, no, we 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 do have people uh, on the tour that can just appreciate things looking at them and getting the idea or one person will, you know, uh, help translate who speaks uh, a little English. So uh language uh, among Star Wars fans uh, never really has been a barrier. 
Oh, that's great. And uh, Ann, are you still there? I'm here. It, oh, <laughs> Ann, I, I just saw that uh, you have a, a matching program now that you can offer uh, companies and organizations that, that, that might want to uh, uh, help expand the uh, their employees' donations to Rancho? Absolutely. When you go to donate.ranchoobiwan.org to make your donation, there is a checkbox that says... Um, my company would like can match my donation. So there's a whole list of companies there, um, probably hundreds. Then you check your uh, company off, and um, it goes off into the ether somewhere, and the process uh, gets taken care of by another company, and the match comes back to Rancho Obi Wan. So you don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. It's just that easy. Another thing we can do is if anyone, if anybody wanted to challenge. Uh, the listeners or uh, the supporters of Ranch Obi-Wan with their own match. So say Steve might challenge everybody and match their donation. You can do that and you can contact me and I will put your, your match challenge up on uh, on the board and people can donate and say, I, I want him to match. And how do they contact you? Uh, you can email me at info at org. Perfect. Perfect. And, and you know, I have some questions for you because you are really the gatekeeper of this, um, this, this whole organization. And it, when it comes to bringing in new items, um, you get sent off to uh, occasionally odd places like the grocery store. <laughs> and, you, and you find yourself buying bags and bags of oranges. Yes. And I've asked Steve this question before because... With the release of The Force Awakens, BB-8 has been appearing on everything, even bags of oranges. So I, that's a collectible that I, I wonder how you can keep in mint condition. <laughs> well, the, Steve, uh, Gus Lopez, and Duncan Jenkins, who are also on our board of directors, um, they're big food collectors. And I came across the BB-8 oranges at our local grocery outlet, and I text them immediately, hey, do you need these BB-8 oranges? And they're like, yes, get them, get every size. Well, there were three sizes, which netted us 40 pounds of oranges. And what did you do with those oranges, Anne? We made fuzzy navels. <laughs> <laughs> which, in case you don't know, is an alcoholic beverage, which we do not serve on tours over. But, but my idea is is that we're going to buy some fake oranges and, and put, put them, the them back in the bag. You Perfect. have to be really careful with food items. Some you can keep. In fact, I have a mint condition, and this is really scary, a 15-year-old Canadian chocolate Jar Jar Binks Easter Bunny. Wow. <laughs> What's that in thing per- in the refrigerator in downstairs? In perfect condition. Oh, well, that's from France from about four years ago, and that's a... Y'all, sh- we have collectibles in the refrigerator, and I'm sh- not joking. <laughs> it's a sugar picture of me. <laughs> wait, wait, so wait a second now. There's col- the sugar picture of you. There's Edible Steve. Edible it's Steve. Edible finally. Steve. Yes. Finally. Yes. I always knew you were a sweet so, guy. So something that uh, people have wanted for years. I've always known well, you know that, that's yeah. basically all that they just call them Steve Sand Sweets, right? <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. Nice. Why hasn't anyone made this as a candy? This oh, is like a yeah. money opportunity. Come uh, on, get okay. on. All right, Steve. What would it taste we'll let, like? We'll let you. If 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 somebody came up with Steve Sand Sweets, what would the flavor be? Coffee. Coffee. 
is my favorite. Oh, flavor. all right. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm, I'm allergic to chocolate. I love. I used to love chocolate, but I can't have chocolate now because of my migraines. But coffee is my favorite flavor. Or lemon. You like lemon, lemon a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well, refreshing. Hey, before we get to uh, more uh, F- Steve Sansweet flashbacks, <laughs> I do want to, uh, Bonnie, thank you so much. want to let you uh, get back to whatever it was you were doing before. Uh, whoever oh, you, you mean were. Per- procrastinating my next book? Yeah, I'm really good at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to the Procrastinators Club, kid. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing, Steve. My next book, which comes out in, in October, it's called Crafting with Feminism. Um, out of, and I'm totally serious. It's a craft book on uh, learning about feminist uh, um, icons like um, Gloria Steinem and Ruth Bader Ginsburg and whatever. But I thank Princess Leia in the book, and I made a new Princess Leia, Princess Leia puppet. Oh wow! So I will I will send it to you oh, for to you. Rancho, oh, so you have a brand new craft. That from sounds me. wonderful. And it's one of a kind, and it's not anywhere else, so it's all yours. Well, good luck on the book, and get back to it. I will. Okay, good. Right. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> Thanks. Thank Appreciate you, guys. It. I miss okay. you. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. So, Anne, bye, Bon. So, Anne, you mentioned that there's actually collectibles in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's correct. This I is forgot true. about those. <laughs> so what, what are we talking about here? Well, this was a big thing that, that I went to a wonderful convention in a small town in France near Vichy. And um, and Jake Lloyd was the other guest, and they had this big sugary decoration, and they had Jake, and they had me, and and there were other you know Star Wars symbols, and I said, um, can I take some of those home? And they said, <laughs> um, sure. And so um, and and then there's been all kinds of Star Wars chocolates, most of which we. Most of which Anne eats, um, but um, but because they don't keep, except for the Jar Jar Binks chocolate Easter Bunny, which I you know, which is in perfect condition, which just tells you the bugs are scared <laughs> oh, to yes. get near it. The so. bugs are scared of it. It's I mean Jar Jar. Binks. Even the bugs didn't like yes, Jar Jar. Even the I mean, perf- mint condition, fifteen years old. <laughs> didn't that a can of beans explode here once? A can of no, actually it was it was Heinz spaghetti bits ah. from the UK. Mm-hmm. And it was very upsetting because this was the <laughs> this was the can that had the Jar Jar Binks silver foil hologram label. Ah, oh, very and it rare, just very expo- rare. It exploded and it's just you know bloody with tomato sauce. I, I, I remember rinsing off uh, some spaghetti spaghetti sauce and we actually dried out the <laughs> Star Wars shapes. <laughs> that were in the can, and they wow. are in the collection somewhere. We do not waste any collectible well, at there, all. Well, there is one that I wasted because I had no other choice. It was in France. It was during one of our wonderful uh, uh, Patrice Giraud, who was the head of the uh, Lucasfilm Magazine and Fan Club for so many years and was doing a convention. And I forget for which movie, but anyway, there well, no, it was episode one. And there was a major promotional uh, campaign going on with a food maker and mostly they made chicken stuff and like everything from chicken sandwiches oh, okay. to ham sandwiches to, to chicken on pizza 
to to just like chicken thighs and chicken breasts and and chicken halves and and so these were you're all reminding like, me right now of Bubba Gump, but you're talking about chicken well, and not well, shrimp. wait a second, but these were all in the fresh food section of the supermarkets, uh-huh. and. There turned out to be about 82 different packages. Oh, my God. And then there were, like, little stickers and little magnets that you could collect and everything. So I would go supermarket shopping and um, go back to the hotel room. And, well, I can't bring this chicken back with me. And so I carefully opened all of the bags and threw the chicken pieces into the wastebasket. And then I realized that when the cleaning lady came in the next morning, it would look like human body parts. (laughs) Somebody's been dismembered in this room. I was afraid that I'd come back that evening and would find the French police there and having to explain what the heck a bucket full of chicken parts was doing in my room. But And then we had to clean out the bags a second. Oh, well, yeah. I think we had to clean those out when they came back to Rancho Obi-Wan. They did. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, so they still the, had bits in them. The, oh, <laughs> the life of a collector. <laughs> My goodness. I wanna, uh, if I could take a moment. Um, we, we've got some more donors here. We have Hans from San Jose, California. Thank you so much for your donation. Uh, Brandy from Round Rock, Texas. That's my neck of the woods, Brandy. Thank you so much. And Aaron from Galloway, New Jersey. We got people listening in from all over the world. And if each one of you would just donate a few bucks, you'd keep us going. And uh, all this inspiration will be here for every generation, which is the theme of our fundraiser this spring. Well, that's great. We have tons more surprise guests coming up tonight, Steve. But of course, this is your life. And uh, we do have another uh, flashback, another sand sweet flashback. And uh, that's coming up now. Um, Jason, uh, we have it uh, ready. This is from the, uh, the history of Steve Sandsweet and uh, this little uh, show known as Rebel Force Radio. So come check us out. We're going to celebrate all of the current Star Wars fashions. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Jimmy Mack, I think you're out there. You promised me a really fun dance in the middle of the stage. So come check out his dance. See if it's two thumbs up. All right. See you guys later. May the force be with you. I knew the program would go downhill, but I didn't realize it would go downhill with the mention of Jimmy Mack's name. <laughs> Listen to the crowd. <laughs> Jimmy, dance you may, sing you may not. Jimmy serenaded me on the Force cast with a happy birthday song that so embarrassed his son that his son divorced him. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Uh, you know, a great moment at Star Wars Celebration uh, <laughs> with me getting uh, called out from the stage. <laughs> well, we've got somebody else uh, standing by here, another friend of Rancho Obi-Wan and a good friend of ours here at Rebel Force Radio. If he, uh, let's see, I think he should be joining us any moment. As he Hello. approaches the microphone. Oh, the suspense, the suspense is killing me. Yeah, yeah. Who, who could possibly who could be on the line right now? Who's coming through the door? The ghost? The ghost of the spirit. Sansweet past? 
Or is it the ghost <laughs> of Sand Sweet Future? Or the ghost of might... Sand Sweet Present? Uh, you know, I'm really killing time. Here. <laughs> it's like stretch, stretch. You got we haven't fam. done live. We haven't done a live show in a long time. You can tell we're a little out of practice. But well, I'll tell you uh, what, Jason. Our... Why don't we? Um, you know what? He um, knows. He knows who he is. So hopefully he'll be joining us. Let's give our mystery guests a few minutes to get it together. Uh, technically, let's take a mm-hmm. quick break right now. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break until uh, the top of the hour, just so everyone can kind of stre- stretch their legs a little bit and uh, maybe take a uh, 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 what is what is uh, Stu called a, a constitutional. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's uh, a little rancho humor there. Um, but uh, let, let's take a break and then we'll come let's back do that. and uh, we'll, we'll uh, continue uh, this amazing. Uh, Evening uh, here at Rancho Obi Wan. Right. The uh, once again the website is donation.ranchoobiwan.org, and uh, you can take a look at the tally and make a donation today. We'll be back. Actually, in just Jason yeah. J J Zone. It's yes. Donate. Donate. Oh, my mistake. Donate or or just ranchoobiwan.org. Either way. I like looking at the little tally. That's fun. Thank you, sir. Fresh. That's what I'm going to be doing for the next couple days. Thank you, sir. Watching that. All right. Okay. Here we go. We'll be back in just a few minutes. In the Star Wars trilogy, the Rancho Obi-Wan is home Obi-Wan. to the, the world's Star Wars largest trilogy. Star Wars memorabilia collection. Rancho Obi-Wan is home to the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection, as recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. Become a member of Rancho Obi-Wan right now. We're getting I don't know lot, why. Yeah. We're getting a lot of uh, weirdness. Yeah, I know. One, I know. Right? Hold on. Let me try this again. Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah, that is really strange. I wonder, is I that the some, file itself? I think that's the file. Oh, well, that was a whole break right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, hold on. A... Let, me, let me try loading it again. Let me just see if there is something wrong with that cart here. Ba, ba, ba. That's the PSA, huh? That's weird. It should be the oh, break. Oh, yeah, that's the one that's supposed to be the 10-minute break, right? It's supposed to be the break. This is, uh, this is weird. This has never happened. No, never. Never. We would never uh, allow anything never. like that. Why don't you just, happen. can you send me that file uh, just by itself? Yeah, yeah. So uh, go ahead, guys, and vamp. Now it's your turn. Is this what it's like every Sa- time I'm not Thank around? God. Thank God. Oh! He saved oh! the day. Sam Whitworth, ladies and gentlemen, is joining us now right. here. The timing is impeccable, Sam. Woo. Sam who? I'm here. I'm here to fix things. What's the problem? <laughs> the fixer. Thank God. I thought you were yeah. the killer, man. I'm all of those things. Oh. I'll fix you by killing you. How you doing, Sam? Good. 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 It's been a little while since you've been here, but you've been here a bunch of times. It's Yes, indeed, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh one of the coolest places on earth and and you are one of the coolest people on earth wow. so how could i not tune in and show Thank up you. wait do you come back the next time it and see <laughs> the action figure tower it's mind-blowing oh, see, see there's there's this thing that happens every time i go to your rancho obi-wan and it's literally i get i i go home it's the same feeling i got when i was a kid christmas morning and open up my presents then i'd pass out right because i just <laughs> the excitement is so high that eventually you go. I I always sleep very very well after visiting Rancho Obi Wan because I there's just it's like having adrenaline that high for that long. I just pass out. Uh, um, are you sure it's not the beer you had afterwards? <laughs> no, it's the beer I had. Yeah. No. 
I, <laughs> I appreciate that. You, you, you know how much I, uh, we appreciate your support and, uh, and having you up here and having you as part of the Rancho Obi-Wan family. It's, uh, it's been really cool. Really cool. It is incredible. Uh, now, Sam, was it your involvement with the uh, with the Force Unleashed that kind of uh, got you to uh, meet Steve and uh, get acquainted with his his collection? When did you first uh, discover and see it for yourself? Yeah, that's right. I, I met uh, Steve through Force Unleashed stuff. Uh, you know, Star Wars Celebration. You know, in passing here and there. And when was the first time that I visited Rancho, Steve? That was that was when was that? God, um, maybe four. I believe it. Five years Night. ago, yeah, and I think it was with David Collins. Am yep. I right? Yep, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that was. Uh, and again, it was it was shocking. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. shockingly amazing um, because the thing that me and David talked about after the first time that we that we visited there, and we have the same conversation. I think every time that we go, is that it is a museum to not just not just Star Wars the the story, but as the, the historical phenomenon that took place when that movie hit in 1977 because it's it's not just you know hey we've got this book or hey we've got this action figure it's look what this did to the culture oh and did you know that they made this oh and did you know that this person made this and it's this incredible it's like an impact point like rancho obi-wan is a giant crater where the asteroid crashed in and killed all the dinosaurs right (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> is the amazing. It's like you look at it and you're like, they're like, it changed everything. And here is the the here is the evidence of of the uh, the focal point of the explosion. And you see everything that you could ever possibly have, have have remembered from from the years since that came out and and so much more. But Sam, it is, Sam, you got the heart of a poet, man. That is a great analogy. Uh, that I think, the, with Rancho Obi Wan, that is I think a great Collins analogy. deserves a lot of credit for that. I think I think I'm stealing it from him, but no, I I think actually I probably said it better than him. So let's just <laughs> stick with that. <laughs> but but it, but it's so true. It's the it's the evidence, right? The, of yeah. of what what happened uh, when that little movie came out. It's just uh, it's just incredible. Um, are there any particular things, uh, Sam, that you remember seeing there that really jumped out at you when you when you think of Rancho Obi Wan? What are some of the the pieces that uh, jumped to mind? Oh my! See, that's the thing. You're you're now. I feel like a. I, I feel like a 1950s computer being asked to do. You know, like a. <laughs> like a logic problem does not compute. Like well, I have no idea. What, my my brain is short circuiting when you think of like the, my favorite stuff to see. I well, mean, we have we have uh, we have some wonderful photos. We had just gotten back from the Framer, a uh, a wonderful um, painting of Darth Maul, and um, and uh, um, Sam. And it was it's this big horizontal piece done by a guy in the Grand <laughs> the Grand Cayman item. Islands named um, Greg Lipton and um, and Sam just sort of stretched out on the floor along with the painting <laughs> and um, uh, we got a lot of hits on that post. <laughs> that so, may have happened. Yes, that may have happened. Yeah, that and, and, and I, I know you 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 really like the uh, full size battle droid and oh uh, yes. 
and 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 I think you know you were you were really taken in by a lot of the fan art and 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 the silly things like uh, like the Ewoking Dead action figure and I mean it's the fun things that really that really help make Star Wars uh, what it is. It's you know. You, it, you can't take it too seriously. I mean, I, I still remember one guy from Germany who came over here in the 80s because he had to win a bet. And this was the first time that ILM was actually showing its props uh, at the Marin County Fair. And they uh, he, he needed to measure the size of the Star Destroyer because he needed to know whether, in effect, it was nine feet long in reality or uh, no, nine miles long in reality or 11 miles or meters long i don't know but you know wow. it's a fantasy it's a cultural touchstone of the last 40 years and that's um, right and and that's what we aim to do here is just is have fun and tell stories and just uh lead people uh lead people through here and have a lot of fun yeah uh, by the way I, as you mentioned those things um other things come to mind like stormtrooper stormtrooper yes stormtrooper the the the, uh, the japanese action figures that uh they sort of thought that the generic name for um uh action figure was stormtrooper so stormtrooper. they were printed <laughs> stormtrooper on the uh figures uh so yeah every action figure was said stormtrooper <laughs> and it, like yeah, they just kind of they, they got the wrong memo yeah but <laughs> a for effort yeah yes. a for effort the the figure sure looked great so uh we were we were really happy with that yeah stormtrooper good for them good for them there was what he's got a, a vader outfit from the empire strikes back um i be, i believe you have um don't you have uh, four lambs underpants? <laughs> yes, four lambs crotch. <laughs> it's is yeah. it's his midsection. Don't say it's a cod piece. It's his yeah. midsection. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, That's what we'll call it. Yeah, it's four lambs crotch. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah no, whatever. Yeah. And Lucasfilm has many of the other parts of four lamb, but not all of them. So I offered to right. have them bring them over here and put them together, but. Um, I'm still waiting. So. <laughs> well, he's nothing without the part you have. Yeah, that's right. That's I have a key part. You know, it connects. It connects the top and the bottom. So, and actually, now, what about yuck? Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were saying no, no, no. Go ahead. Well, what about the uh, the door to the Moss Eisley Cantina? Yeah, you, you, have a, you have a pretty good story there. It's a it's a pretty amazing piece. The fact that uh, so much stuff exists today. Because of fans and because things were rescued by fans that were going to be thrown away. Um, and the Moss Eisley Cantina door um, was um, discovered on a trip to Tunisia by my good buddy David West Reynolds, who's an archaeologist by training. But he was the first head of StarWars.com. And he was leading a tour for a winner of a Decipher card game tourney. And they met the guy who owned the building, that leased the building to the production to use for the cantina. And he said, do you have any props? And the guy said, no, my God, that's 20 years ago. And the guy, David said, oh, okay, fine. But he keeps walking around, and nearby the cantina building, he spots this door. And he knew exactly what it was, even though most of the paint was gone. It was, it was absolutely the door that the Jawas took the siesta in front of, and he was using it as the door to his chicken coop. Now, since this is a place that had 
chickens until the early ninth twenty thousand chickens until the early nineteen seventies. You know, so David David bargained for it, got it, brought it back home. Eventually, when he moved back east, he decided to sell it. What a better place than a former chicken barn to house the door to the Moss Eisley Cantina, which for twenty <laughs> years had been used as the door for a chicken coop. Amazing. And it, the circle it, is now yes, complete. Yes, the wasn't irony thing, is not lost on anyone. <laughs> wasn't there a thing where, where you know, he said, okay, well, how much for that door? Well, yeah, well, uh, he, he thought he could get it for like five <laughs> or ten bucks, and that was right. about the biweekly wage in Tunisia. And the guy said, no, $100. And David said, $100? He said, yes, that door has been good to me for a long time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Needless to say, it cost me a little more when David offered to sell it to me. But we won't go there. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. And, and, and Sam, uh, you weren't here too long ago. I, I think you guys were out here uh, for David Collins' birthday. And um, did you notice anything, uh, any new additions to the museum when you were out here that might have uh, might have uh, made an, made an impact on you? Well, I mean, okay, between the first time and the second time that I was at Rancho, an entire wing had been added. So <laughs> oh, yeah. To ask if anything new had been showing. I mean, like, there's always in all kinds of new stuff. And I mean, then I, the th- it's overwhelming. And, and then the third wing with Jabba's Palace, with Jabba the Hutt uh, on, his, on his throne, which is now filled with um, display material that uh, Target actually built. Uh, for our display the weekend before um, the premiere of The Force Awakens. And um, now we've set up the action figure tower. And now we have to figure out what to do with all the rest of the stuff, which is filling Jabba's Palace. And then our great hope and plan is to actually have the cantina that Lucasfilm built uh, installed as a new back building here so that people can actually sit in a Star Wars environment and uh, and just have fun and have parties and, and tour and a place to hang more art and things like that. So that's our that's our ultimate goal for the next uh, the, over the next couple of years. Steve, how long until the Ferris wheel and the uh, roller coaster? <laughs> After the cantina. But we do, but we do, we do have, we do have an X-wing fighter that was part of a carnival ride in the 1980s. There were four X-wing fighters on a like one of these circle things that go around, and this was on eBay. It was in a carnival boneyard, which means all these things that were left over from carnival rides, which were no longer existing. So we have that here now, and then Sam, I think the last time you were here, the um, the 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 skeleton of the land speeder was here outside, That's right? And yeah. so it was it was used. It was the just the, the the body that was used to make the mold to make the to make one of the actual land speeders that some guys from ILM built on the side for a, a, for a private uh, individual. That has now been completely refinished, and so we we have it's undercover right now because of the weather, but. Uh, uh, we will soon be uh, unveiling that, and people will be able to take pictures uh, sitting in the land speeder. So it looks beautiful. I mean, it was uh, a, just a beautiful restoration job, and I'm glad we went ahead with that. So, yeah, we do have some outdoor um, rides, um, and we have, <laughs> and we have the, um, the the rebel troop. Car- I don't know if you've ever ridden in the rebel troop carrier. Have you? 
This is, I saw uh, it, but I didn't yeah, write it. You saw it, but we haven't. We, yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's because uh, only Michael Wistock is allowed to take it out because uh, he knows where all the potholes are. And um, so uh, <laughs> we, we actually wrote it last weekend in the, uh, the, the world-famous Petaluma Butter and Egg Day Parade. So, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. Now, Sam, you're you you have a you have a collection, don't you? You're, uh, oh yeah, that rivals Steve. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> only Steve's going to rival Steve, I think. Uh, but uh, what what is it? What what part of Star Wars collecting uh, turns you on? What what are the pieces that that you like to uh, to well, collect? Oh, okay, so so um, I I think I had a a few things, and I I certainly had a lot of the old books from the the West End Games RPG and stuff like that. So I had a, I had a fair amount of Star Wars stuff, and then and then Lucasfilm made the horrible mistake of hiring me for Force Unleashed, and then at that point I was like, well, you know, I, I really ought to have a Darth Vader helmet like in my office. That's got that's that's a thing that I need. <laughs> yeah. You got send a message. So. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's important that he just watch over my work. Yes. If nothing else, you know, just keep it on. And um uh, I think I have a I have a I have a collection of trooper helmets from various um Star Wars eras, you know, Clone Trooper Mark 1, Clone Trooper Mark 2 and it's Your helmet uh, yeah. Stoom Trooper. Um Stoom Trooper. <laughs> yeah, Stoom Trooper. Uh yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a helmet guy um i i was given by a company called vader's vault um uh star killer lightsaber wow. that was really like Neat. and and it's it's really well done like it's movie prop quality and so there's that i've got a couple of extra lightsabers the thing is is that when you when you go to work for these guys um there's also some things that find their way to you for free i've got a spider mall next to me here in my office that was given to me uh, by Lucasfilm. Oh, so is that, that was... one of the? Uh, is that one of the Gentle Giant uh, statues? Yeah, yeah that's correct. Beautiful piece. Or maybe Gentle Giant gave it to me. I, maybe I shouldn't credit Lucasfilm for that. You know what? Well, they did nothing for me. Well, you know we. <laughs> well, for some of these things that you have, we have the actual molds here because some of these were produced by Don Post Studios, which was one of the initial licensees from 1977 through 2000. And because of Don and because of the goodness of uh, Lucasfilm and the company that bought Don's company, the bought Don's company, um, we were able to get, we have molds from all of the original mannequins, the Boba Fett. We have the high-end Darth Vader mask mold, the uh, TIE fighter, the uh, X-Wing fighter helmet. So there's a, it, this is stuff you haven't seen yet that's that's been wow. out. And one of my... All-time regrets is that I almost got a full-size Sam Witwer in the museum. <laughs> what? And um, this one didn't move. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but Lucas Arts ordered a number of Star Killer statues, full-size Star Killer statues, Ooh. like you know, like uh, Sideshow does now. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, some of them were uh, were prizes in contest overseas, and there was one in the Lucas Arts lobby that I just after Lucas Arts sort of went bye bye. Yeah. I tried really hard to get and then the head of licensing a couple of years ago said steve would you be interested in this big star killer uh, uh it's been in this office for like you know empty office for 
you know, like a year. Right. And I said, I, oh, yes, please. And, um, and then I emailed him about a week later, and then I emailed him about a week later, and he said, uh, I just checked. It looks like somebody took it. Oh. Uh, so I it? almost had you here, Sammy. What they didn't realize, <laughs> it, it, was, it was actually Sam. He'd been it, oh, uh, in that building. It's, 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 it's real still. <laughs> yeah, I was the guy who took it. Uh, it was me. I yeah, wish no. you had one. No, I wish you had one. You know, there, it's a, quite a piece. There was... But one of the times I was at Lucasfilm recently, I know that they had one in someone's office up in near licensing, uh, I believe it was. Wait or maybe this is one of the ones you're talking about. And it had two champagne glasses as opposed to the two lightsabers. He was holding two <laughs> champagne glasses. Uh, so I guess Starkiller has, you know, he's, he's taken up some... some- Something tells me I need to visit licensing very soon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I have to find out where yeah. that is right now. Because it's it was, there. It was, okay. It was offered. It moved. So, mm, there's still I, I, You know, a Sam, chance. very, very few people have the, the honor of becoming a Star Wars, a, a, an actual Star Wars collectible themselves. Um, what, was, what, did it, what did it feel like to actually be able to pick up an action figure of you terrible just terrible <laughs> it was not, i you know it was a dark day <laughs> no, it was it was wonderful it was i mean here's the thing I, you know being a star wars fan since birth um you you go to school and you you work to be an actor and you study shakespeare and you have all these aspirations but really at the end of the day all you want is an action figure with a lightsaber <laughs> that's all you want you want you want to prove that you're a jedi and uh the fact that they did that for me several times over actually they did yeah. several several action figures for star killer so i am eternally grateful for that 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 has been like one of those weird things in life that you never thought would happen but it did so i'll take it i'll take it and i, and I gotta ask are they on display in your house uh, no way! Yeah, they are. They totally are. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not. That I, I like vain. that you go to a closet and you open it up, and it's just nothing but Starkiller stuff, right? Yeah. But you don't show that to just everybody. No, 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 no. But they're up there. They're right there. They're looking at me. <laughs> um. So no, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Well, everyone all the kids here, in your family that year all got Starkiller action figures. You better believe they it's did. Uncle Sam. Halloween, right. Christmas. Yeah, you you got it. Yeah, he he got he got the ten thousand of them. Yeah. Well, everyone here, at Rancho Obi Wan, is now looking online on places like eBay and auction sites to see what the life size Galen Merrick action figure is going oh, for. Oh, 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 ouch! What? what? <laughs> no, no, no. You're just pulling things from. I can't say. Uh, Yes, you can say uh, Galen Merrick. Is yeah. that a, is that a spoiler? Is no. Well, after uh, no, not these days. <laughs> after eight years, it's a spoiler. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just call him Star Killer. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize I was touching or, a nerve there. Or Darth Vader's apprentice. Or, or yeah, yeah. yeah. He had you had a couple of names there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, I, apparently, it's going for about three grand online right now. Wait, three what is what's going for three grand? The life size. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The life size sure. Sam. But uh, See, now is your chance. Three <laughs> Galen Muckle? Merrick. Oh, no, it, this this Muckle. thing says Galen Muckle. Muckle. Oh, this must be a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> I think that name fits Sam. Sam Muckle. <laughs> That's funny. Sam Muck. That's it. Old Sammy Mucks. Yep. Well, Sam, thank you so much for taking some time out to join us here. Um 
and uh, help us raise awareness about Rancho Obi-Wan and, and just what an amazing place it is. It's it's absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to go back and see all the new stuff. So, And Steve has been so kind in, uh, in uh, letting me see the spot on various – a couple times where it wasn't entirely convenient, um, and that was awesome. So, you know, I've had a private tour, for God's sake. It's really awesome. Sam throws, shows up at like three in the morning. Three in the morning. Yeah, it was three yeah. in the morning. Come yeah. on, tour time. <laughs> we have to sober him up a little, yeah. but yeah, it no, it's raining. all good. I said, I just need a place to stay. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to do that, but I'll show you the play. I'll show you Rancher. Okay, we'll take that. Too funny, yeah. too funny. Well, thank you so much, Sam. We really appreciate you jumping on and uh, saying it loud and saying it proud. Rancho Obi-Wan rocks. Well, I should say, too, that uh, we just released at rebelforceradio.com the uh, Force Awakens uh, film commentary that we did with Sam. So you can check that out. And that was Perfect. a lot of fun to do. Thanks, Sam. Right on. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Steve. Right. Pleasure to talk to you. All right, we're going to try this break again. Yeah, Jason, let's take a break for a few minutes, and then we'll be right back with more Rancho Force Radio, our special live fundraiser from Rancho Obi-Wan. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, that's the end of part one Be sure to check back with us soon at rebelforceradio.com for part two of Rancho Force Radio. And remember, the Force will be with you always.